with that, <laughs> hey friends, did you know that this is the Boy Hattie Podcast? Talking to y'all live from Bill's Basement about pop culture garbage, even though only one of the three of us is in Bill's Basement, and this is only marginally live, I'm gonna roll with that. My name's Annie. My name's Bill. And I'm Max. Yes, joining us this w- week from the sunny uh, United Kingdom is our friend Max. She's awesome. Congratulations, Max, on coming back and being awesome with us. <laughs> So, great to be here. While um, uh, Max is eating peppermint tacos, I was like... <laughs> That's well, the thing. So you can't the... fucking weird. They just heard about Mexicans for the first time about two years ago, and so they started <laughs> just putting taco seasoning on everything. You know, it didn't really... I was like, oh, that's interesting, and Captain Minute didn't really rattle me. Uh, <laughs> this is the last day of my bachelordom. My wife will be back from her trip in about five hours. Oh, I thought she bit. might show up like in the middle of recording, and then we're just going to cut the, this week's episode short. Oh, man, I would just jerk the cord from the wall yeah. and bolt out of here. Are you Aww. kidding? No, my wife is, is going to be back later this afternoon, so uh, my house is gross. I went to go have some apple pie for pre- breakfast, and there was just a layer of mold on my apple pie. Wait, how'd that I happen? I went to go make some coffee, and there was mold in the coffee container. What? Oh, no. So, <laughs> really? Because even only been gone for a week, and so even if you just made that stuff a week ago. Well, I haven't made coffee since, in the time that she's been gone. Oh, my God. I guess God. last time we made coffee, we left a little bit of coffee in the container. Wow, so, so yeah, you really oh, are living up good. to the stereotype of just, like, you're just, like, dying and just stinking in your own filth, then, yeah. It's pretty gross, I have to say, though. Aww. I bathed. I bathed this morning in preparation for this podcast, so. <laughs> With saying. rose water, and, yeah, I could see mm-hmm. doing all the preparations and things like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like mm-hmm. Penelope getting ready for Hercules coming back. Wait, not Hercules. Who's Odysseus? No, let's go with Hercules. You this know what? You should, you should freak out fully. By when 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 she comes back today, do you, you should get a bunch a bunch of friends over and have us all pretending that we're trying to like win your hand, and then fully has to show up like in like in a disguise and like w- with a bow and Shoot arrow. Some and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bill. I can only assume that you asked us pointedly what we had for breakfast because you, in fact, wanted to talk about what you had for breakfast. Is this true? No, I had I, I had a little oat, uh, little Debbie oatmeal cookie. <laughs> I don't even know why I brought it up. I just thought it was kind of a garbage breakfast, but it was delicious at the same time. That's impressive. I have to admit, that sounds pretty damn good to me right now. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It was, it was actually relatively hearty, like a little oatmeal cookie filled with like that like cream. I was like, hmm, that's actually... I woke up right before we started recording, so I didn't have time to like actually prepare breakfast. But I did have a little Debbie oatmeal cookie. I have a, I have a little emergency case right next to the bed filled with a little, little Debbie. And so I just cracked it open. And I was like... Mm. In case of what emergency? Breakfast emergency. Any emergency. <laughs> Clearly. Any little Debbie. This, Clearly. This sounds like it, it sounds like the premise for a great 90s commercial for Little Debbie that would be shown during like the Disney afternoon. Yeah, get ready for your Little Debbie snack break. Crack open that case and snap into a... Swiss roll. I guarantee you that as soon as we are done with this podcast, I will have for breakfast the same thing that I had for dinner last night, which will be a bowl of Frosted Flakes. Oh, man. So so I guess I don't have Little Debbie in the UK, huh, Max? Um, no, I don't know what this is. Well, they're just, it's just a series of snack cakes. It's like, okay. it's like our version of like Jaffa cakes and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's, what is consistent across all little Debbie items is that they're all in these little cellophane wrappers, and they're all weirdly moist. Yeah, in a good, uh, kind of okay. like a horrifying way. Yeah. Yeah, you like <laughs> don't want to think about what dark magic is required. But they're to pretty have fucking good. They're super dirt cheap. Moist. 
Yeah, they're cheap and delicious. Usually it is what one's uh, loved one would put in one's uh, lunch box for lunch at school. Yeah, okay. yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, can, I can understand this. But they have, like, Swiss cake rolls. There's, like, little... I love the zebra cakes, yeah. which are just, like, little vanilla cakes with cream uh, uh, frosting in the middle and, like, little... Like, like it's white frosting on the outside with, like, chocolate drizzle to kind of make it look like a zebra. Those are my favorites still, but, like, yeah, they have, like, oatmeal cookies and stuff like that, yeah. It's not one particular kind of snack, but that's kind of America's mm-hmm. big, like... Yeah. It's a way of life, is yeah. what it is. So that's that was my <laughs> breakfast. Oh, Bill, that's pretty good. So, uh, let's talk to our special guest, M- Max. What were you up to this week, my friend? Um, so this week, uh, lots and lots of work. Um, I've been trying um, to do... I've just got it right here. Um, I've been really, really trying to get back into drawing and stuff, and I bought this little moleskin, which is mm-hmm. a teeny tiny, I think it's the smallest one that they do. Um, and it's... Uh, I've been trying to just do a drawing a day. I am way behind because of how stressful my last couple of weeks are. But um, I'm sort of going on the logic that uh, I started drawing by drawing fan art. So I'm now trying to get back into drawing by drawing fan art. So, so far I have done... uh, Are you drawing fan art of us? And Steven Universe. Yeah, so far. Um, So So you're a Steven Universe fan? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying Steven Universe, especially this sort of second season half. Okay. Um, it's gotten I... really more into a lot of the like lore mm-hmm. of it. Um, and yeah, Did they just, just have an episode where Steven turns into a woman or is fused with like a lady or something like that? Because I saw there seems to be like a lady running around. <laughs> I was gonna say, Bill. That was apparently like all I could see on Tumblr was guys. You should watch the most recent Steven Universe. Don't look up what it's about. So thanks, Bill. That's what I, 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 I thought. Well, if you guys are watching, then you guys had already seen this. I don't realize I was spoiling anything. Well, I'm watching it, but Annie might not be. <laughs> no, I haven't. I Steven Universe is on my list of things to watch. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yet. Yeah, I've only seen I, the I've first couple the episodes pilot. too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was okay, yeah, I, but, like, it didn't, like, sing to me. Not in the way some other cartoons that I'll, I'll freak out about later about, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um... Like, it started off, and I, one of my friends had a sort of similar thing where they started watching it, and they kind of lost momentum. And I'd just been watching it just continuously, because I'm stubborn. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's just sort of turned a corner. It's, like, it's not... I don't think it's technically season two. I think it's No, it's still... Yeah, they just split up the season into two halves. Yeah, it's, I, yeah. it's like the 30th episode or something there's there's a lot of episodes now yeah cartoon Um, network is really weird because yeah like kind of adventure time will do the same thing where they'll have like they'll air like three seasons in a single year but the way the seasons are broken up it's hard to tell like when a season has stopped or started Mm. yeah and yeah so yeah but um yeah it's really getting more into you know what are the gems um you know you know the weirdness of them the gems being just... the girls the sisters that he's hanging yes. out with okay yeah yeah the the three the three ladies that he kind of have brought him up um and are steven trying to teach him how to too. steven's half gem see steven's half gem half human oh excuse me i didn't know that half meant you weren't welcome to the party <laughs> i see how it is well, no but it's like dad no, show up and his dad's the, kind of a schlub yeah his his dad's kind of useless yeah. but um there's there's a lot that the gems are trying to work out can steven do this because he's mm-hmm. half human you know is this you know gems are fine with xyz 
but Stephen's half human. Can he do this? You know, they, they don't know. This this has never happened before. It's unprecedented, as far as they're aware. So there's a lot of like him finding things out, what he can do, what he can't do, um, yeah. and trying to discover his powers. And he is slowly over the course of the series. Um, discovering what powers he has, and yeah, I saw an episode just... recently where he like he runs into a lion, and the lion is supposed yes. to be like his like soul animal or something like that, and it's all kind of crazy. Weird, I'm not, I'm like, not really spirit. sure what lion is, but lion is great. Yeah, lion's, <laughs> lion's pretty, just pretty called lion. Character, yeah. <laughs> um, there's some there's some weird stuff that happens with lion, but yeah. Oh really? I, okay, I, yeah. I mean... Like the one episode I saw, it was weird, but like nothing crazy <laughs> had happened yet. But if they keep on bringing back lion, I could see shaking. I, I, I really don't want to say too much about okay. it because ooh, as just whack my mic um i i don't want to say too much about it because yeah i've it's especially the more recent episodes have been really you know it's difficult to avoid any kind of spoilers especially at the internet at the moment just just going crazy about everything like um, steven turning into a lady <laughs> I, i'm not gonna say any more about an that an alarmingly just... <laughs> attractive lady too because i saw like some of the pictures oh, on tumblr no. i'm like oh that's cute and i'm like oh that's a, is that steven i was like oh steven how you doing Oh, I want to eat your donuts or whatever the hell. Hey, hey, pals. What? What's something else we can talk to? Literally anything else we can talk about other than this. Uh, Max, God tell damn. me about how Kraft messed up cream eggs in the UK. Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, uh, Kraft bought Cadbury, and Cadbury is the biggest, really, um, chocolate producer in the UK. Um uh-huh. They also make Bourneville, and they're actually from Bourneville. It's a place in Birmingham where you can go and visit the Cadbury factory, which I have done, and it's great, and it smells amazing. Um, uh, but uh, in this year's um, cream eggs, uh, they used to come, like, six in the box. Oh, yeah, like a half dozen, ca- like, now carton, you get, yeah. yeah. Kind of, yeah. Well, they then, a carton now or, they like, come... in a box? Because that's a distinction. They're just a box. It's not, it's not really a... Like it's not an egg cart. Because anything that actually I wish them, it like, was. real eggs would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. In America, yeah. they come four to a box. Yeah, we had them six, and now they're five, and they've actually changed the chocolate. It's <gasps> not dairy milk chocolate anymore. Oh, really? Isn't that the whole point of Cadbury's? Like that's that's guys. their kind of big staple, right? Yeah, I mean, I know that they're supposed to be, we're, you know, they're, we're sort of skirting the edges of some kind of massive chocolate shortage generally worldwide. I heard something about that. I thought I that was just some kind hearing. of crazy rumor. I didn't realize that was a real thing. I'm just, I don't know if it's they're trying to cut costs or what they're doing, but they have changed what chocolate they use. It's now a sort of generic chocolate mix thing. I don't really know. Huh. And I think it's... A lot of people are quite disappointed. Some people say it tastes a bit more savoury than usual. The stuff in the middle is exactly the same. It's just the actual like chocolate is not dairy milk, which is sad. Although, it's, it's in America, the, Cadbury eggs years ago they changed they did change the formula in the middle, so it used to be creamier, but like like mm-hmm. long time ago. Now it's kind of like grittier. It's obviously it's just granulated sugar. Whereas yeah. in the past I mean, it seemed a little more cre- like actual kind of like kind of like cream, but now it's just yeah, yeah you it, you can kind of taste like little you, you can feel the, the the sugar crystals on your tongue now yeah yeah I mean sometimes they get crystallized and things like that but um yeah it's just it's just kind of unfortunate. Well, is it I as a result this... of the chickens laying the eggs? Is that the problem? Do they like up <laughs> like they've been given different feed? <laughs> 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 or I guess, according to the ads in America, it's not the chickens laying the eggs; it's the bunnies laying the eggs. Oh gosh! Oh, that's true. Yeah. Bok, bok, yeah. Bok, 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 bok. It's just so um, weird. 
Man, are we that close to Easter to even? Because I actually bought. Yeah, I was just on, on the video feed. I was just like showing up. I actually got a Cadbury cream egg in my hand. Are we that close enough to Easter? When is Easter? Is it usually March? April. April. Isn't it? I guess. I don't, when's yeah, Lent? Normally April. What a bad Catholic I am. Seriously, Jesus Christ. Um. Well, that means Lent should be coming. April fifth. April fifth. So Lent should be coming up at like. Well, it's still January. So I guess maybe at the end of February. Uh, Isn't Lent Pancake Day? Lent, Lent. I'm married to a woman. I officially no longer am in sync with. So Lent <laughs> always comes forty days after the Super Bowl, right? That's exactly what it is. And so, okay, yeah. That's a joke. Come on. Yeah, that was <laughs> why laugh. I answered like I did. <laughs> Because that's wow. Well, I just I just know it's just normally after Pancake Day. What's Pancake Day? Oh man, you guys have Pancake Day. Wait, is this a legitimate Every thing? You're not just fucking with us. <laughs> this is not like um, the bunnies laying the eggs. This is a real thing. It's Shrove Tuesday. What? Um, okay, Shrove Tuesday is a day in February. Which precedes Ash Wednesday, which is thank you Paisley. Uh, also, that would be the, Fat Tuesday. That's your your that's your which guys. Is the first day of Lent. Oh yeah, you no. Know, so that that that's what that's what Mardi Gras here is in is in America. It's it's yeah. it's fat, literally Fat Tuesday. Yeah, the day before Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it's Pancake Day in the UK. And oh, that's even everyone better. Has pancakes. So you just make pancakes. This, that's it. There's no like yeah. you know religious well, things I'm, like. No. <laughs> See to me, the implication of that it Lent is a time of abstinence. Mm. So the implication there is, if one must eat pancakes the day before Lent, that implies that one is abstaining from pancakes. Yeah, exactly. Like you're loading up on pancakes because you know when, you're, you're going to go the next forty days without. Yeah. Yeah. One of uh, one of the things I think I was taught during school is that it was most supposed to be symbolic of using up the stuff in your cupboards. Oh, sure, that sure. Too. But I so like the, the American version. Say... Of, yeah, the American version of that is like fucking and drinking. In the UK, exactly. it's like let's load up on <laughs> like, carbs. Way to go, England, to rock that good old puritanical <laughs> stuff right there, my friends. Let's get like, make sure no, the no, cupboards no, are clean. No. That is the day where one sits with one's family and consumes flat cakes. <laughs> It's like terrible British accent. Oh my god. Uh, I, you know, actually, Flapjack Day. You know, actually, if you're not going to get laid or get drunk on Fat Tuesday, actually just reverting to Flapjack Day would be pretty great. Flapjack okay, Day? What's that? You never, have you never flapjacks heard of Flapjacks? I know what Flapjacks are. Pa- yeah. flapjacks I don't are know if they're exactly the same by... thing. What? I don't know if Flapjacks are the same thing in the UK as they are in America. Uh, flapjacks are pancakes made by flat-chested people. Uh-huh. I hope y'all are enjoying Bill's jokes today. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He's on a roll. Because specifically, the image of my head isn't uh, isn't a flat-chested woman, but a guy with no T-shirt on. That's like all across America. It's just everyone has to like make pancakes like topless. Yep. But maybe if yep, you're, that's you, exactly you, it. Your boobs get in the way if you have big boobs, and so you're not allowed to get near the. You know what, Max? I'm just gonna let you handle the podcast today if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back later. So, uh, Bill, it's just all over this. I think flapjacks are pancakes just made by stupid people, rednecks and lumberjacks. Tell me about Iron Giant dolls, huh? Oh yeah. Tell me about that. Did you guys see that the Mondo like they put out their own special Iron Giant doll this week? Yeah. Yeah. So you know Mondo, the poster company that does all those like special limited like Mm -hmm. art posters for like movies and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. They this week they announced that they're going to produce a series of Iron Giant action figures, like 16 inch, fully articulated like sounds and lights and everything like that 300 mm. bucks oh man mm-hmm. 
So they put it. up uh, pre-orders. What was it on? I think it was on Thursday, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh man, that sounds so cool!" But it's three hundred dollars. I was like, "Oh man, do I dare to dream?" <laughs> and I, I actually, it was one of those things where like I was like, "You know what?" Because I've never been able to successfully pre-order anything from uh, Mondo. I was like, "I'll try it. I'll try to pre-order one of these on a lark, knowing that I would never get one of them." But, of course, pre-orders went live. I just happened to be online when they went live. I did actually manage to su successfully, like, submit a pre-order. It's one of those things where, like, it, like in the f in that, that flash of a moment, I did decide, do I really want to commit to this? Like, I actually submit the order once I was into their system. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's $300. I mean, granted, it's a, it's a big action figure, but it really just is a fucking plastic doll. But it's the Iron Giant. It looks super yeah. cool. It's the, so it's the Iron Giant. Uh, yeah, like I said, he's fully articulated and everything like that. But he comes like with like uh, like a magnetic S that you can put on his chest and a whole bunch of like Aww, junk and stuff. Okay. And I guess like an extra hand and all kinds of stuff. But uh, actually, I'm hearing a little bit of static on my feed. Uh, do I sound okay to you guys? Yeah. Yeah, you sound fine. Oh, okay, me. I just heard a little bit of crackle or something like that. Maybe it's the Iron Giant outside of my house going to congratulate me on ordering a $300 action figure of him. So, <laughs> yeah, that was Bill's. Drugs. This may be the stupidest purchase <laughs> I've ever made. <laughs> Bank account dry. <laughs> um, oh, Billy. So, yeah, stupid man. Oh, Bill. Um, I spent $80 so on a Lego Tiger Tank this month, so really I can't point any fingers. Well, you know, and the other stupid thing, too, is, so, I'm trying to get the, um, oh, this is another thing, too, so I'm trying to get the hot dog guy, the Lego minifigure that's out right now, and I can't find him anywhere. I think of all the Lego minifigures that are out, uh, that are out right now, he's, like, the hot figure that everyone's trying to chase down, because it's such a great figure. And so, uh, I was looking up on Bricklink to see maybe if I could just buy one off of Bricklink, and I did actually, I keep on finding all these places that are selling, like, super dirt cheap, like, Wild West figures, and, um, what's the terrible Johnny Depp movie that failed spectacularly last year? Uh, the Wild the West Ranger. movie? The, the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Like, they have those for, like, super dirt cheap. And if I see any of those, do you want me to buy them, Manny? Because, like, seriously, people are selling those things for, like, maybe a dollar. And maybe I 50 bought cents. all of them, my friends. I guarantee you, you that when those? I started this journey, the first thing I did was buy every single Lone Ranger and every single well, Wild remember, West figure. Yeah, and so I don't know if you wanted duplicates, because I know you're kind of cleaning duplicates of the creatures you've created from Benton, so I don't know if you needed extra Wild West stuff that you may already have. No, I'm, I'm good, my friend. I, I have, trust me, I have plumbed those depths thoroughly, but thank you for Okay, so pretty much me. any Wild West thing I find you pr pretty much already own? Know that I own it in triplicate. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I just want to make sure, because I wanted to run, like, if I was going to submit an order from any place out of Wild West stuff, I was going to, because I, there was some place I ordered, when I got my Star Wars droids a couple weeks ago, um, the same place did have some Western stuff, and I did ask you if there's anything I, I could get for you, and you were like, no, but I just, okay, 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 I'll keep that in mind, so I'm not going to worry You're a sweetheart, about, like, though, but I'm okay. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Anyway, well. I got my Lego needs met, met thoroughly. <laughs> Now my Lego needs are going to be different because this year they announced that the next wave of the Lego Legends of Shima sets will be the final ones. I heard about that. Oh, no. Is the, is, are you bereft. the only person buying these goddamn sets? Yes. Well, I will say that it did make it through, like, seven fucking releases and, like, three seasons of a TV show. It had a pretty it's, good run. Shima also is, of a course, niche thing. Well, Bill, you think it's niche because you're not an eight-year-old boy. 
It's niche for eight-year-old boys. It's just I'm just saying, robots are cooler than animal people, is all I'm saying. Oh, that, like, they're nin- Ninjago sets and Bionicle and, and Chima. It's not that it's niche, it's just not for you, my friend. It's all bullshit, I'm just saying. So, Chima is, of course, the dumb Lego theme that has all the animal people that I use to populate my uh, Lego sobriety totem town. Oh, man, that's going to be rubbish. I'm what are you so going to do? What are you, what are you, have you got any thoughts on what you might do once you have... Once you well, obviously, then I will not have any more influx of pop of of of, uh, of people in Benton. As Foley pointed out when I told her on the phone, her first response was, "Then then you stop after making people and start making stories." And I was like, "Go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself right now." <laughs> and you try pretty to great. Put... If you wanted to keep on posting Benton stuff to Tumblr, you could start like creating like little photo, like little dioramas, like with the yeah. little captions. That would actually mm-hmm. be kind of cute. Yeah. Just throwing no, that I'm, out. I'm... Yeah. So what's the last uh, Chima bullshit going to be? Uh, so apparently the toy fairs are going on right now. And uh, there's one in London right now. And Lego will not will not allow any photography or video. So I've really? seen descriptions of the final three sets. But I've not seen imagery of them. So we'll have hmm. to see how, how things shake out. Max, do me a favor. Go break into the uh, <laughs> Lego Toy Fair in London. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you on the inside. Figures. Yeah. <laughs> you can show. You know what? Of all the sets that have been talking about from the Lego Toy Fair, the one that's excited me the most, even more than any kind of Star Wars stuff. If you say a... Scooby-Doo, I'm going to smack you. Oh, no. Fuck Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Actually, the Scooby-Doo set comes with a cool sandwich, though. A Lego sandwich that you can build. I saw that. I'm like, oh, man, that looks fucking awesome. Watch me. I'm going to drop $80 on a, on a fucking mystery machine set just so I can get the fucking Shaggy's Lego sandwich. Um, no, they have a set called Lego Seasons, which is supposed to like this little oh, yeah. house with like a tree. That you, it's designed so that as the seasons change in real life, you're supposed to change it like Lego set along with that. So as you know, winter turns into fall. Wait, is that a thing that happens? No, I'm saying it's a cute idea. I was reading about it this morning. No, fall does fall turn into winter? Yeah, winter doesn't turn into fall. It's the other way around. Oh man! Now with my new Lego season set, it can. So I guess, right, so I guess but... it like comes with a bunch of white pieces, so you can put snow on everything, and like you know, like like dead trees and like leaves and stuff like that. So I kind of like the idea of that some kind of like nice little quiet, like it's a reflection of what's going outside if you ever left the house. Um, so Man, of course that would appeal to the, me. The set that I'm most excited about is they're coming out with a uh, Lego City set that is of a, a like a little shopping center that includes a Lego store. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a city set that is like of a town square, and one of the shops is a Lego store with a wall of bricks on it. Oh my oh man. god. Does it come with like a thousand minifigures who have to stand out lot outside the fucking store waiting to get in, and like a big bank vault over stuffed with fucking cash from those rubes? <laughs> oh my god. That is that Pretty is much. hilarious. Is, did, did, have they announced prices for any of this stuff? 
Uh, yeah, I wasn't. They were all in fucking British funny money, so I couldn't. Oh yeah, okay. well, it was funny. I was hanging out with Dylan uh, on Friday, and she was talking about how you know she always hears us like freaking out about Lego stuff. And I guess for the first time, she had seen Lego prices, like, what they are in the stores and stuff. She was horrified. She's like, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> she was like, you know, Lego's cool. I'm down with you guys. And then she, once she realized how much this stuff costs, she was like, you guys have oh, fucking yeah. issues. And I was like, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I'll, okay, yeah. Oh. Dylan's right. We've never spent way too much money on plastic things before. <laughs> But it is, once you do realize that, like, well, she was looking at my, I'm, I'm, I'm two-thirds done with the Lego Detective Agency. I I spent all the yesterday afternoon working on the, on the second floor, and uh, she saw that, and she's like, that's what started the conversation. She was like, that looks really cool, but how much did you spend that on? And I was like, maybe $150. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing, too, with the Iron Giant thing. I was like, this cost, I, I was thinking, this cost two Lego sets. Is this worth it? <laughs> and so I was like, well, there's, there's – and I kind of justified the purchase of the Iron Giant thing. There's not really – the only Lego set I really want this year is Lego Quickie Mart. At least that's the only set I know about. But I guess they might announce something next Christmas. But by next Christmas, I won't care because I will have already paid back this $300. That was like a really kind of sad sack like – how can I justify spending money on all this plastic garbage I really don't need? But it looks so cool. Yeah. Can I recommend uh, replacing a poisonous, expensive addiction with a silly, yeah, terrible no, addiction? Yeah, it is, it's not like this stuff is radioactive and will slowly kill you. Well, it does hurt no, your my fingers. Thing is like, since I since I replaced my impulse to drink with with Lego, I'm like, man, you know how much money I'm saving? Oh, and I use I've replaced. I've stopped beating my dick, like uh, not even masturbating <laughs> joke, but like I used to just get angry at it when I had sex yeah. thoughts, and it yeah. still happens sometimes, but just less often. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I no longer have to wrap uh-huh. it in bandages like a mummy all the time. Right, and those bandages were so expensive from when you punched your dick. Yeah, because I have to. Because I don't. I don't wrap it up like in Kleenex. I do get like the good gauze, that brown gauze. Well, of course. Yeah, like that stuff. That shit ain't getting any cheaper. And also, it's terrible too when you beat your penis and you wrap it up in gauze. It kind of makes it look Uh permanently as if it's always erect, which is also kind of embarrassing when you have to explain to people like, no, it's Uh my penis is actually soft, but I wrapped it in gauze because I hurt it because I hate myself for thinking sex. Yeah, Bill, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. <laughs> so nice. I just so love pleasant. the idea of like me kind of going, oh, there's a picture of Jillian Anderson. And suddenly I just get so uh-huh. angry at my, we just lost all our viewers. Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing, huh? Funny thing. <laughs> Buddy. They, they even sat through that terrible, arbitrary, flat-chested, flapjack joke. Uh, and it just, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Sorry, Bill. people. Which I, no. I now realize the obvious joke would be a flat jacks. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something I did this week. I was talking about the Amazon Pilot series um, uh, adaptation of The Man in the High Castle. So was it good? It was pretty good. It, I think it was uh, really the most compelling part of it was the gimmick, but that's true of the source material too. So, um, can't fault it for that. It's fascinating because it's so reliant on digital composites, it kind of looks like, um, visual fanfiction for Robert Rodriguez. Oh, really? Sort of so it's not done well? It's kind of like Sky Captain in the World Tomorrow, of Tomorrow kind of it, shit? It has some elements of that, but, uh... Which is also about Nazis. Yeah, full circle. But no, it's, it's pretty good, and, uh, I really like the lady who plays the female protagonist in it. Is it um, not... 
Yeah? Why, what, 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 what's she like? She's just interesting. I, I like the lady who played her, and uh, I thought she was... Uh, I liked her character a little bit. But okay. uh, anyway, Bill, what were you going to ask? Uh, is this produced by James Franco and what's-his-face? Seth Rogen? I thought it was like a pot comedy. Man in the High Castle? Oh, yeah, that's the joke. You know, uh, you know. <laughs> I thought you were making a topical interview joke. Oh, no, no, no. no. I'm just picturing Hitler living in a cannabis-shaped castle. This actually is Hitler in the thing because I know it's about like if the Nazis yeah. won World War Two. Who plays Hitler? Yeah. Uh, they use uh, you only see Hitler in on like video, footage, like on television, and uh, it's very clear that they just got some actual picture, like actual footage of Hitler, and oh, then just okay, recolored okay. his hair so it's all white and made him look older. Oh, so when does this take place? It takes place in the sixties. Oh, okay, I missed all this because my headphones kind of died. So it's kind of like Wolfenstein three D. The, the concept behind it is that um, not only did the Allies win the war, or she mean, the Allies lose the war, but you're, like, basically dealing with the next generation. Like, people who have hmm. grown up knowing nothing but an America where so the Allies So, is lost. it well written? Because Philip K. Dick books, they have interesting ideas, but, like, for the drama isn't necessarily... It's more... His stuff is all about ideas and not necessarily about people and characters and interesting drama. It's always just, like... Exactly. We, like, oh, boy, it would do... It would suck to live in that world is more the idea of most of his books. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's what I was talking about when your headphones were malfunctioning. Okay. Philip K. Dick is always an idea man, but not necessarily an execution man. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those things where the most interesting thing about this is definitely the the pitch as opposed to the actual thing itself. Okay. But um, it must have been fun to be a designer working on this and like coming up with. Oh, well, what does the American flag look like if it's actually the Nazi flag? Do they have the Nazi Beatles? I don't even know how to respond to that joke. (laughs) No, that's actually a gag they do in the Wolfenstein, that new Wolfenstein game, is you find out that since Germany overtook uh, England, that they've consigned the Beatles to write uh, propaganda songs for for the Nazi regime, which always cracked me. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of a funny thing. I need to watch a playthrough of of Wolfenstein. I have no interest in playing it. Wolfenstein, it's a a fun, dumb, pulpy game. It doesn't have anything interesting. I've tried to play it. Yeah? I borrowed it from you. I tried to play it. I hate the shooting mechanics. Did fully not uh, get into it that much either? No. Okay. We neither of us like the actual sh- act of shooting. You just kill everyone. That's it. It's, it's, if it, well, it's definitely not nuanced because, like, the gameplay, the, the first-person shooting mechanics are very feel very much like a game from, like, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, that's It's kind of like dumb first-person shooting where it's, like... Yeah, you're not like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not trying to feel like Call of Duty or anything like that, which is how most first-person shooters feel these days. But yeah, I can I can appreciate that. But yeah, like the characters and like kind of the situation are are kind of interesting for what it is. Um, but yeah. anyway, yeah, you were talking about the yeah High Castle. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I actually recommend it. Well, but, for free uh, on I, Amazon, you know, it's yeah. definitely can't you know you're not going to lose anything by trying to check it out. Yeah. So vague. All, all, I I read the book that it's based on, and all I can really remember about it is, um, uh, it's the book is how I learned about the I Ching. It was from the Man in the High Castle. Is how I learned about that. Wait, how does that and, get incorporated? Uh, oh well, you have a lot of characters who um, consult with the I Ching. the The book is a lot about fate, and destiny, and as I recall, it's like I can't remember it, but the premise is is that. Um, there are these uh, news newsreels that show America win, uh, like uh, the Allies winning the war, and like basically they see the alternate reality that is our reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember actually how it all works out or anything like that. But yeah, Next it's part. all about 
fate, you much parallel of a... lives, and blah blah blah. Hmm. Maxwell, are you much of a Philip K. Dick fan? Um, I honestly, I don't think I've read him at all. I'm still, f- f- for me, uh, I, I have no idea what sort of level of fiction it is, but um, I'm still fairly new into actual adult novels. Um, for a long That's time, fine. I w- wouldn't really move outside of young adult things because um, um, of dyslexia and things like that. I just, not that like I'm that slow at reading. It's just that I found it easier yeah. to get through. It wasn't it didn't feel so challenging. I tend to skip lines quite often. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is I, but I, which, which while reading Philip K. Dick would probably not be matter much anyway. It's just <laughs> yeah. Philip K. I loved Philip K. Dick in high school and I read almost everything he wrote, which is impressive because dude took speed so that he could write more during the day. Yeah. Oh, gosh. He never and, did second uh, drafts. He just pretty much wrote stream of consciousness yeah. and say, Oh, that's my book. Yeah. And you would read <laughs> short stories that would later be developed in the books and vice versa. Like you'd be like, Oh, this is the seed of that other thing. Mm-hmm. But mostly Philip K. Dick was was, uh, had really good ideas, terrible execution. His ideas spawned Blade Runner and Total Recall and Grand Budapest a bunch Hotel. Of other... Yeah. He fucking <laughs> loved pink hotels. It was the weirdest thing. All about it. <laughs> All about it. All over that. Also, the Lego movie! He did, he wrote three stories about Lego toys. Uh huh. I can't even make a joke. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. <laughs> Losing he momentum did, he did have a character called Lord Business that showed up in a couple different books. <laughs> um, at um, the time, when I was reading Philip K. Dick, I was also reading a lot of Kurt Vonnegut. And Kurt Vonnegut has this character in his books called Kilgore Trout, who was basically, he was an idea man who wrote terrible books. And that's like, he's a recurring character. And at the time, I was convinced that Kilgore Trout was Philip K. Dick. Yeah. But in reality, <laughs> Kilgore Trout is just every sci-fi writer in the 50s. <laughs> So, is Kurt Vonnegut good? I know he's famous, I know everyone loves him, but, like, what what was your opinion about Kurt Vonnegut? Well, I was obsessed with him when I was a teen, but I realized last night, as I was, um, reading into, uh, I was like, oh, man, I haven't looked at Phil Kiddick or Kurt Vonnegut since then, that I absolutely cannot interact with them anymore, because they're, they're both two writers whose voice and writings are just permeated with my teenage self. Okay, and, like, yeah. I can feel all of that anxiety and self-loathing and loneliness just start to pervade my oh, brain damn. just looking into that world again, so I can never, never go back. Yeah. Some music that I specifically associate with being on Neopets at, like, age 12 <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's just yep. like, oh, God. <laughs> Did you say Neopets? Yep. Yes, Neopets. What were Neopets? You, don't, you, you never went on Neopets? No! <laughs> Unless it's been sexualized on 4chan, I haven't seen it. Uh, it has. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Neopets, well, I'll let Max explain. Okay, so Neopets was... I'm, typing, I'm looking um, up Neopets. It's, it's neopets.com. Um, it's, it's a website, and I guess it sort of came off of the back of a lot of, like... Uh, like using Tamagotchis and things like yeah, that. I was say, I could kind of Spawn yeah. from that kind of thing. You um, you create an account and then you get to have these different sort of pets essentially, and you uh, look after them, you feed them. Um, you could uh, paint them with different coloured brushes and things like that. And everyone always wanted this fairy one, which cost in like in game in Neopets world lots of money and things like that mm-hmm. um, and were rarely so like you'd randomly come across items just by being on the site 
Um, my sister actually set up a fairly um, profitable trade on Neopets for a while. Um, I think she actually um, ended up get, giving her password out to someone by like, like someone who was uh, clearly just trying to steal all her stuff. <laughs> Oh, no. at some point, which was really sad and obviously taught her quite a lesson that hey people don't ask for passwords you you know the uh the admins know as much as they need to know they'll never ask for passwords so yeah. but um mainly like uh i had you know i had some involvement with it to that extent but actually the bulk of the time that i spent on neopets was actually in the role-playing forums mm-hmm. um role-playing as one or another thing um because it was quite a it was quite a quick um forum it wasn't quite the same as a lot of uh, other forums were at the time a lot of the posts you could post really short they would appear immediately you wouldn't have to be refreshing the page it was automatically refreshing um so i think there was like i did x-men role plays harry potter mm-hmm. role plays and it was the first time i ever got spoilt by anything on the internet oh, no! in neopets forums because it was, um, I think it was when Order of the Phoenix came out and they oh, spoiled no. who died in it. And they just put it on like all oh, the titles sh- of all of the posts. Loads of people were just posting it. Just That's being like the awful. spoiler of the last 20 years, too. Yeah, it was oh, just man. like, it was just like, oh, good, thanks. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, that was the first, uh, my first experience of spoiling. spoiled? For Dumbledore's death and the Neopets. Form. No, you forgetting which book's which. I, that was serious. Oh, serious. Oh, okay, well, maybe that's the third biggest spoiler of, of the of the last twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like what you know, and um, like considering a long, long time ago, my uh, email address, my first email address that I made, was padfoot underscore serious black. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> I was just like, oh. <laughs> Poor baby Max. <laughs> really, like, uh, but yeah, and then uh, I had no idea Neopets had such a, a boisterous. Because when you said Neopets roleplay, I presumed mm. that it was roleplay in the world of Neopets. I had no oh, idea no. that they had like this this community of ancillary roleplaying. Yeah, there was like the the roleplay forums. People would just start a topic with like the title would be, um, you know, what. Uh, what uh, kind of setting it was if it was like it would be like Harry Potter Hogwarts and then you'd it would sort of huh. give you a sort of starting thing was the, the first play post still would Neopets be like setting the scene anyway? hmm? was the uh, was the role play Neopets related in any way no oh, very okay, okay. very it really rarely was just like related okay, to Neopets play, it was yeah, just it was just Neopets, a format okay. to use well I don't know if it was like thing like like maybe you got spoiled the, the for Sirius Black where someone posted like what if, like, they started role-playing, like, and Sirius Black was saved at the last moment when Avogadabra hit his Tamagotchi in his pocket and saved him. <laughs> or something, you know, like, okay, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there were role-plays like that. I'm sure there like were, that, but, yeah, but, okay, that's, you know, that makes more they, sense that you would just, it would just, yeah, everyone's yeah. interested in other stuff, and they're not always just talking I... about fucking Neopets, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's sort of where I learned about, like, Mary Sue's and stuff for the first time, because um, whoever starts the role-play starts it off setting the scene and so sometimes they would be like um you know saying my character such and such a person is sitting at this table on um slytherin house and blah 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 and, you know, and so it's like and they always have like amazing green eyes it's just like it was just mm-hmm. you know and it's like been an animagus the earliest age ever and it just yeah 
it was just so full of that and i'm almost certain it still is see this is in uh, contrast to the role-playing forums on the pokemon websites where um in the in the harry potter role-playing on the pokemon sites uh, according to them, um, uh, Dumbledore loves Jigglypuff and will turn into a Jigglypuff and actually draw on people's faces when they're asleep at 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 Hogwarts. Like that's can that's canon for their like little like you know like their their Harry Potter thing that they cook up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, this is fascinating to me because when I was a wee bairn on the internet. Uh, I, of course there were, like, roleplay chat rooms and shits and roleplay forums, but they were all very, like, there was, like, the Harry Potter chat room. It wasn't, like, the, you know, the Neopets Harry Potter chat room. It was, like, straight up, this is the Harry Potter town, this is where, like, if you rolled up and started talking about Tiny Toons, you would get fucking stepped out, (laughs) you know? It's like, that's not what we do here, that's not what we're about. Yeah. I think a lot of them did spawn like uh, Yahoo groups, um, yeah. which then became very you know. Well, that sounds about of that time, like, yeah. So when was this? Like yeah. late nineties, early two thousands? Well, it would have been two thousand uh, because that's when all those books, uh, Harry Potter books, and everything were coming. Yeah, out. early two yeah. thousands, I think. Man, um, those books are already that old. Shit. Yeah, because yeah. I was at the launch of the sixth book in Edinburgh. Um, where they were having all the festivities. So I'm on Getty Images, dressed as a witch. Um, for so if you look up like if you look up uh, my old name, my unmarried name, um, you get three images actually. One of them's me, one of them's two small boys, and one of them's a girl. <laughs> just, I don't know why they whoever took the pictures tagged me in all of them. <laughs> are, are, are the kids actually also at a Harry Potter event too? Or oh yeah, they're they're all on the same day. Oh, all, okay, all yeah, yeah. but yeah, there's the tags this got book messed launch. up. Yeah, Aww. Um but uh, yeah, no, that yeah, was. I that miss was really Harry cool. Potter launch parties. Those were fucking fun as balls. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. They just occupied the castle. It was amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dill, tell us about the Venture Brothers special. Uh, be- before we move forward, since we're already talking about Harry Potter, I should also mention in, in terms of Mary, uh, in terms of uh, uh, British stuff, I'm trying to build a life-size uh, uh, Mary Berry in Minecraft. By life size, I mean in my mind that what I'm picturing is a Godzilla-sized fucking Mary Berry. Um, I I just I was gonna make a joke about how the Minecraft forums are rife with Great British Bake Off fan way. Oh man, um, Fo- but, Foley uh, is really keen for when the next series of Bake Off comes out that Great we should British- do. Uh, uh, a podcast just on the Actually, it might come down to that. We we might need a Great British Bake Off slash Lego side podcast. This is what Holly was saying. She was just like, just me and you. We'll just do a Bake Off podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, my housemates. from uh, Boy yeah. I think I mentioned before that I've actually got them addicted to Great British Bake Off now. And uh, last yes. week they aired the episode where in the latest series where Ian freaks out because his baked, uh, baked Alaska gets sabotaged. Oh no. Oh man. Yeah. Which... So I was, I was saying to Bill, um, this, this morning, my time last night, your time. Um, there was a huge drama about this in the press in Which the UK when this happened. Yeah. Like it was front page kind of news stuff. It was ridiculous. But um, and this woman got so much for it. Sorry, we didn't actually haven't actually said what happened. So, um, uh, 
the guy Ian takes his um, baked Alaska out of a freezer and puts it into a different freezer, and then it gets moved during like a, just a shuffle of um, baked Alaskas because that's what basically everyone's making and um, doesn't get put back in for maybe 45 seconds but in the actual show it's cut and it kind of looks a bit longer yeah they don't see how long his his baked Alaska has been accidentally left out by this other competitor on the show so you're like like you you're left to imagine like maybe it's been out for like half an hour or something like that yeah and uh, he just he just completely loses it and just throws it straight in the bin. So he has to present a bin <laughs> to the judges. <laughs> instead he really of does it. just wheel up a fucking garbage can. Just the bin. And they're like, "Where's your baked baked Alaska?" And he's like, "It's in the bin." <laughs> and they're like, yeah. hey. And then just like you have to present something. And uh, but this poor woman got a lot of hate from a lot of people yeah. about this and it was really sad especially because um, just after this episode not obviously you know it it had all been shot months before any of it was aired but after that episode happened she actually had a stroke and lost her sense of smell and taste so <gasps> then had to withdraw from the entire rest of the competition this after she so got this other guy kicked off the show so you yeah, watched so, two so, yeah. so nobody knew this because nobody knew she'd been like you know it wasn't like official that she'd left the show yet and she's getting all these horrible messages saying you've sabotaged him you know he was robbed and everything and she's like she oh, can't no. you know and, you and know, then I it's just, this like sweet uh, old lady she kind of comes off across as being a little little goofy but like She's yeah, mean. She, she's not like she's she not out lovely. to destroy anybody. Yeah, but no, yeah. it's but, unfortunate. You know, there, there was some drama about the previous um, season as well. There was um, I cannot remember the name of the girl, but there was a girl who um, lots of people felt stayed on too long. Oh really? And they thought that she was having a tryst with Paul Hollywood. Which hasn't <laughs> he been actually like? Hasn't he actually he has? But not on this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Has so that's, been not like it's completely unprecedented. Um, no, I think it was a co-host um, on, yeah. a, on a different show. Oh, yeah. On a different show, I was going to say. Yeah, he's not very, very. No. Oh, my God. Um, Who could resist that? you know that? what um, Alaska even is? I just found out it was re- as a result of this episode. I, I already knew what it was just because I've had them before and I thought it's kind of amazing how you could even make them. It seems seems bonkers to me. So it's a cake filled with ice cream. Well, it's meringue filled with ice cream. Fuck you, meringue. You... I could do without meringue, but it's cake. Well, at least there's some cake included in there. This, the, yeah, it's I thought baked Alaska was kind of like this gooey bread pudding kind of thing, like a casserole. I don't know, Baked Alaska was like an ice cream cake. And I'm like, this is so fucking good. So that's why this guy had to put his shit in the freezer because it was half made of ice cream. You have to solidify it, the middle of it. And then, because when you put the meringue on the outside, you then have to bake it to cook the meringue. And if you don't have the ice cream cold enough, when you bake the meringue, it obviously will melt. So it has to, but you know, it was a hot day. And I honestly think it was shot a bit um, deceitfully, as many of reality shows are, to try and increase tension. Mm. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, so much drama. This is the drama in the UK is <laughs> ice cream <laughs> melting a little bit. Oh, Max, is your microphone thumping against anything? Um, I don't know. I could be 
kicking a wire or something. Okay, just, 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 I'm so just hearing a little bit of a thumping or something in the background. Anyway, that's neither here or there. Uh, so, Could also be a cat. Oh, Annie, you were asking about the Venture Brothers special? Yes, Bill. Tell me about the Venture Brothers special. Annie, how much do you care about Venture Brothers? This will dictate Not how much I all. talk about it. Really? <laughs> I watched the Venture Brothers, like, the, the I think, seasons one, two, three, through three, and I enjoyed my time with it quite a bit, and then I just stopped watching it. I was exactly the same. I watched about halfway through th- uh, season three, and, you know, it was fun, but I just kind of, like, for some reason, I think there's something, like, season two of the Venture Brothers is so good. That season three, even though it's good, like it just, I, it was felt like kind of like a little bit of a decline, so I kind of lost interest. And so I guess there is since then there have been five seasons of the Venture Brothers in total. So I've only seen half of all the Venture Brothers stuff that's out there. Uh, but uh, just this past week they uh, came out with a new Venture Brothers special in anticipation of I guess the sixth season supposed to start up later this year. But this kind of rekindled my lust for the Venture Brothers because. Uh, because I have not seen the show in the last two and a half seasons, it's crazy watching the special. I'm like, wait, what happened to that character? Oh, shit, did they really yeah. do that to that character? Wait, these guys are yeah. dead? And it's one of the rare cartoons that uh, where actually people evolve and change, and shit actually, st- like, they're, like, the status quo will actually change on the show, which is really interesting. And it was actually, it was almost worthwhile having missed the last two and a half seasons just to see how radically yeah. some of the, these character situations have changed. And not necessarily yeah. in a funny or cute kind of way, too. It's not just like... You know, oh, someone's, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 if the Venture Brothers is really interesting to me for ways I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I, I, there's a whole big thing about how the Venture Brothers is, is inherently all about failure and about, like, yeah. kind of failed masculinity and the decline of, of, of America in the latter half of the 20th century and into the 21st century and all this kind of weird stuff that's all kind of mixed up with it, which I think is really kind of interesting. But, um, also, the special was just fucking hilarious. So there's all kinds of crazy shit that happens. It's an hour-long special where, like, fucking shit goes down in that episode. Fucking, they kill yeah. off a whole bunch of characters, and it's just crazy shit, but it's still funny. And, man, Venture Brothers is still fucking good. So, the other thing, too, is my housemates, they just happened to have started uh, a rewatch of the Venture Brothers just a couple weeks ago. So, I'd already been just kind of watching some of the earlier seasons. And now, after watching the special, I've been spoiled for everything that happens, you know, in the in the two and a half seasons I didn't see. But now <laughs> I'm going to go back and uh, my housemate he he actually went and uh, ripped and handbraked all the first uh, the the five seasons that do exist. So uh, I'm right now starting to rewatch the whole season from the beginning. And man, yeah, fucking this is me just saying, yeah, uh, thumbs up for the Venture Brothers. That shit's fucking hilarious. I'm glad you're enjoying it, my uh, friend. Maxwell, do you care about Venture Brothers? Um, I have watched absolutely none of the Venture Brothers. Man, so I got I'm I'm just yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm just hanging out in the wind here, but yeah. If uh <laughs> Conley, if you're watching, I'm sure Conley well this is the other thing too, hanging out with Conley and Jimmy not too long ago, we started I can't remember how we started talking about the Venture Brothers and it was Jimmy and Conley who were like you haven't kept up with the Adventure Brothers, you gotta watch the Adventure Brothers, you gotta keep up with that shit. Like seasons four and five are so good. And so it's just something hanging in the air about Venture Brothers right now. It just seems like a good time to get into it. It's a good show. The animation is fantastic. The voice work is great. The music is fantastic. Johnny it's Quest actually does done. show up as a fucked up character in the show. They actually, I, it, I think that was actually one of the things that got me out. I know, because like, I know you actually love Johnny Quest, and this show actually has Johnny Quest show up as like this fucked up hobo, like <laughs> squatting on this in a deserted island. Yeah, no, it's... it's. <laughs> 
it's good, but in a good way. It's, I mean, it is a joke, but it is also kind of making commentary on kind of the sad failure of that kind of like vision of the future that Johnny Quest kind See, of like embodied. The reason, the reason why that joke didn't work for me is that all of Venture Brothers is a riff on Johnny Quest, and yeah. I thought that that was a unnecessary flourish on. Uh, it on was the weird that they went straight to the source and said, "Hey, look at these guys; they're all fucked up." Yeah, Doctor Venture shows up. is the is is the perfect joke on on Johnny Quest, like, yeah. you know, he, he is, like, the, the perfect, like, terrible evolution of Johnny, so having him be, like, a drugged out, you know, junkie wasn't... wasn't also, it's just anything. worth watching the show, no, no matter what happens, just for Dr. Girlfriend. Dr. Girlfriend is such a fucking... Dr. Girlfriend is one of the greatest characters in television In the new special, Dr. Girlfriend gets shot in the gut and is running around with a minigun, and it's just like, man... <laughs> She's just, oh, I fucking love that character. It's so fucking great. She's great. great. That, uh, is yeah. she still Dr. Mrs. the Monarch? She's now, I should, yeah, I should, yeah, she's still the Mrs. the Monarch, yeah. That's such a good joke. That's um, just, also, I mean, honestly, just having a character at called Dr. Girlfriend in of itself is such a perfect joke. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's funny because, like, I've seen some people who haven't really watched the show but they've heard about Dr. Girlfriend they're like, that's really reductive. How how dare they have a character who's called Dr. Girlfriend? Like, you haven't watched the, the show, point. have you? It's the, That's yeah. kind of the point is that she's the only character on the show who actually knows what's going on. She's the smartest character on the show, but she's just supposed to be this henchman Dr. Girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the whole point of the character, yeah. Um, Let me explain the humor of this joke. This joke, I'm gonna this tell joke you the is funny and then because laugh. usually women are just a beard, and now she a person. Oh man, I had dinner <laughs> last night with some friends too, and we spent we spent like half an hour talking about how great Conley and Carla Z were. I can't remember how this came yeah. up, but well, Conley They're and both Jimmy, great people. but Conley specifically, Mike Russell was going off about how sweet, how awesome he thinks uh, Conley is. Friend, uh, this yeah. is this has no bearing on anyone who's actually listening to the podcast who's not Conley or Car- not that Carly. Hey, boy, howdy, listeners! Our friends are great. Yeah. Suck on it. <laughs> and we were all talking about how Carla's super cool, and like somebody at dinner was like, Carly's "I great. love Carla, but I don't want to like upset her, or, or, or I don't want her to think badly of me, so I don't want to like beca- I don't want to like approach her because I don't want to like shatter like how much I like her." And I'm like, "No, yeah, she's like, no, God, I don't know, it's just that." <laughs> Carla Conley, this is an arbitrary thumbs up to you guys for the Boy Audio Podcast if you ever listen to this episode. Hey, Bill, tell me about Resident Evil. Resident Evil got a remake that, well, Resident Evil got a remake like fucking 13 years ago for the GameCube. This is the first Resident Evil game. And they've remade it for um, the GameCube, like I said, 12 years ago. And now they have re-remade it. Essentially just like an HD remaster for modern day consoles. It's out for now for like the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. And it looks pretty pretty. They didn't go back and redo all the assets. It's like standard definition graphics upscaled to HD. So some of the stuff looks kind of funky. But the more the reason why I put it in the show notes, aside from the fact that it's scary and kind of fucked up to play, is last night it got really foggy in Portland and it looked just like the Resident Evil Remastered game. It kind of freaked me <laughs> out coming home from the dinner party, that which we were all freaking out about how awesome Conley and Carla are. Um, yeah, I was like, it's like living in Resident Evil. It's so spooky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's it's weird. Uh, so the Resident Evil games, especially the original games, had this tank control control style where it's hard to explain, but the re- it's kind of like controlling an RC car where, like, moving the thumbstick does not move the character to where you move the thumbstick in your hand. Well, 
It's it's contextual to the character. Yeah. So when you press so... forward, the character moves forward. So it's from the controls from the character's point of view, not from your point of view. Yeah. So the if the character is facing you and you press forward, the character walks towards you towards the camera because yeah, it's like controlling a remote remote control car. And so this uh, remaster of the Resident Evil game. Uh, it preserves that, but then it also, they did actually include, like, normal modern-day controls where, like, yeah, you just move the character wherever you want it to move. You don't have to worry about, like, thinking about, like, if I press up, which direction the character is going to move. And that enough, with like, freaked me out enough because all the Resident Evil games had these tank controls. And, like, playing one mm -hmm. of these games with, like, normal modern-day controls was... It was so intuitive, I got freaked out and I had to shut off the game. Where I was like, this feels <laughs> wrong. I need to go yeah. back and replay it. Because it just, I mean, it felt better. It's not like it was programmed incorrectly, but it's just weird how you can get so used to a control style for a certain series, even if you haven't played the series yeah. in years. Just the fact that it controls differently, it feels like kind of like a little bit of a different game. And something just feels like a little bit wrong. Yeah. Um, but that was just kind of I like... I liked that uh, Grim Fandango also had tank controls. Which I, I had no idea. Yeah, well, they were floating. Uh, they were floating around one of the PlayStation Network trophies. That's for the how, yeah. Right Mendigo before we started recording, I heard this. Yeah, heard about this. Uh, what the achievement is? You played it right, or something like yeah. that. And it's like you played the whole game with tank controls. Tim made us put this in. <laughs> <laughs> is that actually being published by Double Fine? Uh, Double Fine is working on it. It's being... I don't know who's actually publishing it, but yeah, they've developed it. Well, you think, especially if it's a digital release, would they even need a publisher? You think they can kind of put it out themselves? Because I would imagine a publisher might have to, like, uh, write off on, like, achievements and stuff like that, but... Man. Well, I mean, I know that they did... They did. Uh, they do have a contract with Sony where they have con uh, limited console exclusivity. Oh, really? Okay. So. Is that not coming out to Xbox One for a while? That's my understanding. Oh, okay, okay. It's, but uh, um, the uh, uh, it comes out tomorrow, and I have to admit, as excited as I am about Foley coming home, I am even more excited about sharing her that game. So if she showed up dressed like Manny Calavera, that would just be that would just <laughs> you would just explode, just die right, right. I would just punt my computer through the wall and never <laughs> speak to you again. That would be it. Aww. Okay, what else? What else, indeed? Bill, tell me about predetermination. Uh, have I freaked out at you guys about predetermination before? No. I watched I it last week. Uh, Maxwell, have you ever heard about this this movie? I know nothing about this. Uh, predetermination. It's almost impossible to talk about without spoiling it, but predetermination is based off a Robert Heinlein short story called All You Zombies, mm -hmm. uh, which is about stuff. It's about time travel, and it's about this guy who is a temporal agent who goes around, you know, uses a time machine to kind of, like, keep bad things from happening throughout, like, a, a modern American history. And the movie is really fucking cool if you know nothing about what's going to happen in the movie other than Ethan Hawke's a temporal agent going around fix, free, trying to stop bad stuff from happening in the modern era. Um, the movie it sounds terrible. It's fucking Ethan Hawke in, like, a low-budget science fiction thriller. You think that's going to be automatic bullshit, but it's actually very cool. Uh, Foley might like it just because it's produced in Australia, so you get a couple Australian extras in there who do terrible American accents. <laughs> That's all um, it takes for her. <laughs> I know, but it's it's rentable on iTunes for just like two or three bucks, and it's one of those things I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard more people talk about because it's actually a very, 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 very cool little movie. Um, it, yeah, it's funny that you, 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 you were talking about this on Twitter literally the day after I had a play date with Brenna, and she was talking to me about the, that she'd not seen the movie, but she was talking to you about the Heinlein short story. Yeah, so and I thought, of, about, yeah, you of all people would have appreciated this story just from, like, 
yeah and she just told yeah she was like oh yeah there's this movie they made out of the story that i really like that is about this and i was like oh well that's kind of like a whole twist of the movie that is kind of really interesting to hear about yeah well is does the movie have no like artistic value beyond the plot twist? no it's actually well made and stuff like that it's not just oh plot twist oh clap 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 no it's 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 yeah. actually a nice movie aside from that the performances are great and no, you should check it out. That's what it, it's a legitimately good movie. It's not just because yeah. it's not like it's not like someone just eating Little Debbie the whole time, and I like it just because I like Little Debbie. You know, it's not like one of those things where it's just like yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not clapping just because I'm a seal and they they, they threw me my favorite <laughs> fish. I think it's objectively kind of a cool little movie. Unrelated, this fish is amazing, but that's not why I'm clapping. <laughs> I know exactly, but with the fish, the box it came out of, it looks so nice. I think everyone should appreciate this fish box. That's also Little Debbie, which is also about this movie. What are we talking about? I think we're having a mild stroke. Anyway, Predetermination. Um, I don't think it ever got a theatrical release in the States. It technically came out last year. Yeah, I heard about it. It's rentable. I don't know if it's on Netflix, but like I said, it's on iTunes. You can rent it for like two or three bucks. It's a perfect blind buy or blind rental if you just want like to kill two hours and just it's a cool little science fiction it's one of the best time travel movies i've ever seen let's put it that way yeah. the end monkey pants i i like this this recent trend of small low budget but solid sci-fi movies yeah if you like I want looper, this to continue happening yeah it's kind of like if you like looper and that shit it's like in that vent kind of vein i can't man i want to make a joke so fucking bad right now <laughs> Oh man, my dick hurts. So I'm, it's for the back I'm going to talk about the thing that Max just added that I desperately want to talk about. Now that uh, Bill's no. alienated us by talking about his interests, <laughs> now I can alienate him by talking about mine. Max, you finished Dragon Age <laughs> 2? I did. I finished it yesterday afternoon. Um, so, so what but... did you think? I, I thought it was a neat, neat game. I mean, I, I, I got. I was obviously. I think the same thing as many people have said many times is that, well, man, is it just the city over and over again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is um, unfortunate. Um, it's but, got some. Pr- it feels like what it is, which is a yeah. game that they had a year and a half to make. Yeah, it really does, and especially like, like every single mansion is the same mansion. Yeah. <laughs> It's really <laughs> with rough. different doors like locked and opened you can really, really tell rough. yeah yeah um but uh i i, don't know, I, I really enjoyed it um but i kind of messed up because <laughs> i was i was uh like diplomatic the whole way through and oh, so it's not a diplomatic i know <laughs> i was trying to be nice and <laughs> Because um, yeah, the you know the only other thing I've really played with uh, much moral choices other than Fable um, is Mass Effect, and in Mass Effect you are either amazing and good or you're horrible and evil, and there's no like middle ground. But uh, Dragon Age Two has like diplomatic, uh, Joker, and evil <laughs> seemingly. Yeah, um, yeah. So the they do the thing that I don't like about Dragon Age is absolutely that it's super binary. There's not a lot of nuance. But what I do like about it is it if you skew towards one particular thing during cutscenes, they won't always prompt you for dialogue. They'll just have you 
your your hawk will talk, but your hawk will talk how with which was that with which whatever route you lean towards, and that's, no, that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. On the other hand, it really really undermines any flexibility. It's not yeah. like you can be like, oh, I'm gonna be sassy this time and diplomatic this time because that yeah. means that in those cutscenes you just seem like a neutral weirdo. Yeah, you've, yeah. You've, 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 <laughs> so you're essentially like programming an AI with your preferences. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it was it meant that um, my uh, romances were extremely limited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to yeah. Anders. You Anders <laughs> the bad guy. Anders. I didn't know he was the bad guy. I know nothing about these spoilers for Dragon Age. Everybody. <laughs> I have. Spoiler, I have. But yeah. I have never played it and i knew very little going in and that's kind of how i like to go into things i like i like to know as little as possible other than what annie said and you know previously i hadn't really been switched on to uh these discussions because i hadn't been meaning to play it for a while but then yeah. i got inquisition I, that had been I hiding in my bookshelf spoilers are are spoilers and whatever you know spoilers are part of our culture it is a crying shame to go into Dragon Age 2 knowing what happens at the end and knowing yeah. who the quote-unquote real villain is. See, so that's what if you I go back and play friend. that, I'm going to know that, yeah. Yeah, See, and I was just... Ter- that was such a betrayal. Like, that's one of the reasons why I love Dragon Age 2 is that this act at the end is such a, like, oh, it, it still gives me Especially shivers. Especially with my, him being my romance. I know. Like, how could you do this to me? <laughs> just, oh my god. So Anders and, always and, survives, though. There's no way to kill Anders? No. Oh, no. no you can kill Anders. He's mentioned, kill he, like, he's mentioned in my Dragon Age Inquisition playthrough, but then again, I did the, yeah, the, the keep, so... Yeah, because in your keep, you didn't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in my two, two of my playthroughs, uh, one, he's alive, one, he is fucking dead. So what did you guys do with Isabella? Oh, that's the thing. I was like, oh, I want Isabella, but she, like I was being diplomatic, and she like I was yeah. being obviously. If if you're if you're diplomatic with Isabella, uh, you lose her essentially. Yeah, because, you trade her in for a pack um, of crisps, right? No, you don't even need to trade her in. I I like I uh, let like a her resource go. Management thing, yeah. I let her go, but um, it just she didn't come back because with Isabella, with a lot of the characters in it. In that game, you can either romance them or hate fuck them, and you managed to go like you missed both. <laughs> I know, I know. Just like you know, she was just like every decision I made, which was like, well, smuggling's kind of bad, and she was like, smuggling's great. I hate your decision. I'm just like, you know, I was like, oh damn it. Okay. But then also, I thought um, like partway through, whilst like switching between the characters, as I I went in as. Um, like a, a warrior um because it's not the way i normally play i normally don't play as a brute um mm-hmm. so i was like okay i'll do that this time and um i think i probably would have been better as a rogue or a mage just because i preferred to be far away from the things that i'm attacking yeah so um but um obviously because you can switch between the characters then that's kind of mitigated to an extent i just like let my hawk actually fight and then just fight as meryl or someone yeah, and just be yeah. like just be the other character for that battle it's fine um but yeah i mean i obviously it's sad that i didn't get isabella cuz she's amazing and she says things like somebody needs a good spanking and <laughs> And that just makes me sad because one of my favorite things in Dragon Age is the arc of Isabella and Avalyn's relationship. Yeah. And, like, them going from people who totally hate each other to friends. Mm. And I'm like, I 
But okay, so what the fuck happens? And what? So if Anders, like, how? What happens to romancing <laughs> Anders? Is he like, oh, by the way, I'm gonna commit a terrible act of terrorism? No, he doesn't tell you. <laughs> He, like you go on the justice mission and he's just like um you have to trust i'm gonna I, can you just distract these people i need to do something you have to trust me and you try and get it out of him and he's like no i, ca- I can't i can't tell you you just have to trust me yeah and uh yeah and just goes away sets it up and it's just like you know oh, man, what, for, and like then he says be... like for whatever you know what for what it's worth i'm you know like i'm sorry or something and i'm like what the what did you do what <laughs> i <laughs> wonder if it would have been different were you a mage romancing anders yeah you know? i mean i was i was sort of leaning towards templar in, especially mm-hmm. in my like abilities, so I was kind of thinking that mm-hmm. maybe I was like Templar sensibilities, but with mage sympathies or something. Yeah. And then, then he completely ruined it. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I don't want to say anything spoilery, but like from a from a gaming experience narrative perspective, I really hope you romance a particular character in Inquisition <laughs> because it would be amazing if you did the two characters who like have a what a twist, <laughs> what a twist. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know who I, I I'm I'm just I'm still kind of debating it because like as soon as I finished my playthrough, I went to Dragon Age Keep and tweaked some of my things. Yes, no, I yeah. get to keep it. As about it damn it um you guys i tell you i'm so grateful that you played dragon age 2 before you played inquisition because i feel so bad for bill going into inquisition without having played dragon age 2. yeah because i really uh, even the, like even the lore stuff aside which is completely impenetrable to me there's so much character stuff where i'm like i had no idea that like varric and cassandra were characters before dragon age inquisition yeah. and all this stuff. why can't i have varric varric Dude, cool. dudes Okay, Varric, y'all, all of y'all Varric fangirls need to calm down. Varric, I, I, here's my thing. I really want the, the like, kind of the, one of the things I like about Dragon Age is you'll have a character and they'll just be there and then suddenly later they'll be important. Like, Cullen is in the first game, right? Yeah. And, like, Varric, you know, is, gets to be your bro and, like, you, my, I hope that the end game is in the next game. Varric has gone on enough of a journey that he's a romanceable character at last. Yeah. Kind of in the way that Mass Effect, like, was, I feel like there is, like, a sub-story in Mass Effect that's, like, Liara's narrative arc that I wish, frankly, yeah. they'd done a little more with. I yeah. hope that the Dragon Age uh, 2 and Dragon Age Inquisition are, in a lot of ways, about Varric going through parts of his life to the point where he is able to love again. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, guys, that's I've, my. I've just added a picture of Varric to the show notes to Annie's portion. That's of the really show notes. good, Bill. That's really good. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great. Rescue Ventures. No, no. Jonas Venture Junior. They're no, both red-headed, ponytailed dwarf guys. This is true. I'm. Not, I, I'm not wrong. This is you, Varric you is are pretty not great. I need to go back. So I, I should go back and play that game because I need to wake up to the fact that they're not going to patch the menu stuff like I want them to and They're I did like what to. I played yeah. and I should just there's no reason I should just bite the fucking bullet and just grow up and play the fucking game a lot of people were kvetching that you couldn't romance Varric in Inquisition but I feel like with no, one of not at all arcs, no, no one can no that's really you, weird because because you go through there's a mission that you go through that's part of his 
evolution as a character. Varric has gone through a lot of trauma. The acts of mm. the events of Dragon Age 2 fuck him up in so many ways. Yeah. There's shit with his brother and his family, and then his city that he loves is destroyed, and the people that are most important to him are destroyed. And then the framing device is he is literally being tortured for information about his friends that he refuses to give up. And what? like he shit dude's dude's been through a lot and dude needs to heal a little bit before he's in an emotionally healthy place to have a relationship. Will he and Cassandra yeah. ever hook I, up? I, I will wait. I will wait for Farrak Romance. If you know I just hope if it if we do get it, it's as like good as I want it to be. Because <laughs> like I have high expectations now. And I am the one woman in the world who's not actually interested in romancing Varric. But the uh, Varric and Cassandra, would that be a thing? Could, could that be a thing? I'm not interested in that. Okay, okay. At all. Because she like, likes his romance novels. That's a, because you like someone's writing doesn't mean you want to fuck them, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he has also sex with dwarf. I, I am he friends likes with romance novels. I'm friends now with my favorite romance novelist, and I've never wanted to tap that. <laughs> Oh, that. I thought you were talking about... F- oh, okay, 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 okay. I misread that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I, I, peop, a lot of people ship Cassandra and Varric, but I think at the end of the day, Cassandra and Varric are just two different people. So I, I, I I, like, that's what I'm saying. I, I would imagine that the Cassandra-Varric thing would be a big, 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 big kind of wished-for kind of thing. Um, they're also just both cool characters. I think that I think that kind of people conflate, like, favorite characters with like oh these characters must be like have potential to fall in love with each other just because yeah. you think like just because like Hermione is a cool character and like Grop is a cool character doesn't mean that they're gonna date I came up with a, a, a casual theory last night that uh, I'm really sad isn't real now I was suddenly like wouldn't it be great if in the next Dragon Age game you actually get to play Bianca like if you got <laughs> to make Bianca and like f- choose what that the context is of that relationship because the thing with Dragon Age is that you always have these characters that come up and you have like your protagonist from the prior games is important and you have secondary characters that are, uh, ascend and descend and important and so I'm like wouldn't it be great if you then took on a role that's a character that everyone has talked about all this time but you get to define what they are and what that means wait which one's Bianca but that would be so lore dense <laughs> is Bianca the one with the the, the, the candle and the? I'm if this is spoilers for Inquisition. I need to unplug my headphones. <laughs> yeah, this is spoilery. I will just say Bianca is who Varric named his. Uh, oh, because okay, I, I knew the name came up. Okay, wait, who's the who's the hot lady with the goddamn clipboard and, and the candle? Josephine. Josephine. I know okay. that. <laughs> oh, she shows up in Dragon Age Two. No. Oh, you just know her. I just know people that. freaking out about her. Okay. Bill? I'm talking about something unrelated. I am. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to add value to the conversation to by the conversation. and I'm failing miserably. <laughs> no, uh, no. I was just. Uh, I, I yeah. really. Dragon Age Two has is a really flawed game, but I love it so much. Yeah, that, I know that's your favorite. I, I love it so much. I, I like the ideas of it more than what they actually execute on. Is it your favorite? I really Bioware like game? it. I, I mean, I really, I, I don't even know, know if I would even qualify it as my favorite Dragon Age game. Oh, really? I okay. hated yeah. Origins, so that's not hard to beat. Yeah, More like and Origins. that's one of the reasons. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's, I think what, what sort of kept me out 
uh, Dragon Age for a while is that I played Origins and I really just didn't get into it. Like, yeah. I just I don't say have I hated it. it didn't, Origins did not sink its teeth into me. Yeah. To the point where I almost didn't get Dragon Age 2. And I only did because I was like, oh, well, I like the Mass Effects. So Which is I funny because I know the, the vast majority of the opinions is everyone hates Dragon Age 2. So that's Everybody, just... I think that's also one of the reasons why I love it so much. Is yeah. It's like this, this, <laughs> this underdog that no one likes. And I'm like, yeah, it's a mutt and it's missing half its teeth, but it's got really cute ears. It's and your... look at those <laughs> eyes. It's your Beetle Adventure Racing. <laughs> exactly, Bill. <laughs> At last, in language Bill can understand. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What else? What else? I think that's it, my friends. Would you like to take a break and then come back to the Geek Week interview? Yes. Yeah. oftentimes for the first time. We'll start with the issue near and dear to our hearts here in Portland, Oregon. WTF, they're replacing the PDX carpet. Max, did you add this to the show notes? I added this because <laughs> I just, I was just, look, I just, uh, one of my, um, I actually met someone at the airport on the way home from Portland, um, who I now keep on keep in touch with on Facebook, and she posted about this. Um, which is the only reason I know about it, but apparently they're completely taking up all of the famous Portland carpet. Yeah, I think that's going to yeah. happen later on this year. Yeah, which no, yeah, they're, doing, they're doing it now. They they've had a, like a, a ceremony where they're ripping it out. Oh, really? Ripping it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And they're, okay. And they're um, going to sell bits of it. I think. Which totally okay, makes good. sense. They'd yeah. Be- idiots if they did it because yeah. Portland feels a cult-like enthusiasm about the airport carpet. Yeah. Which is weird because it's not necessarily great carpet but it's just super distinctive and people... That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, it's 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 home. It's this weird pattern that welcomes you home. What's really weird is that they're replacing it with a pattern that's similar but like not really different. It's like yeah. a riff on Rather than just going out and buying generic carpet, they actually commissioned someone to actually like pay tribute to the existing carpet that they're replacing by designing a new carpet pattern that yeah, does play tribute. So the the current uh part Portland carpet pattern is like it's essentially like this turquoise field with like little pink and pastel like little like Lego blocks kind of floating in space. And so the new carpet pattern is pretty much the same colors, except now it's more organic swirls instead of, like, little Lego blocks of color. It's, like, little swirls of color. But it's still kind of the same thing. But, yeah, it's just arbitrarily weird how Portland just loves its airport carpet so much. It's a total Portland yeah. kind of thing. I'm kind of... I, I'm, I, has there been a Portlandia sketch about the Portland carpet? Because that seems like an automatic kind of thing they would have done. There should be. Yeah, so... But, yeah, Maxwell, you better fly out here sooner than later, otherwise you're never going to see it again. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I do wonder because when I was at the airport, they had so many different kinds of souvenirs of of Portland carpet uh, oh, I didn't origin. Yeah, absolutely, so so many, so many different socks, t-shirts, <laughs> postcards. That all those people are going to have to change their products. Well, Portland, we don't have much else to really brag about other than like we have cool carpet, donuts. <laughs> what else we got? Books. That's kind of it. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> That's it. We're done. We're done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs>
We like a carpet. We're simple people. We like beer. It's not even like a super old carpet. It's like 14 years old, which is old for a carpet. It's falling apart. But it's not like airport carpet. It's not. Yeah, it's an airport carpet. It's not like it's been left over since like the depression. So it's got like this like history of like, oh, this is the carpet that I was conceived on or anything like that. It's just 1997 carpet. We're in video games. Are you really surprised that someone is nostalgic for something that's not even old enough to vote? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Carpet's just old enough now just to start having funny feelings about girls. It's not even that old. That's what that's my point. Yeah, so. Uh, in other news, Bill has some photos in our Geek Week interview of uh, the rumored Series 14 Lego collectible minifigures, including, uh, so Frankenstein's monster, but he's a rock star. Yeah. A zombie office dude with the newspaper on his head? I don't understand the a newspaper on his head. cheerleader? Yeah. Um, uh, some sort of vampirella sort of lady with a bouffant, a witch and her cat. The cat's cute. A, a person who's been consumed by a flower. Kind of looks like a vagina, but some kind of weird vulva thing. Vaginal in that way that flowers do. Yeah. A werewolf. A werewolf looks great. A woman dressed like a tiger. Uh, a... Uh, a zombie a robot pirate? pirate with the peg leg. Is that a robot pirate? No, I think I don't know. I don't know. It's a zombie. robot pirate, a zombie I can't pirate. See. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I choose to believe it's a zombie. Yeah. Uh, a mad scientist with a double sized forehead. Looks really and... crazy. It's like a triple size. He's like he's like the tallest like minifigure. He's got like super crazy triple triple tall head. Well, yeah. I think it's actually two, maybe even two minifigure heads stacked on top of each other because that that central piece has to be wedged between those two. Units. Oh, that's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, and then finally, a skeleton slash person dressed like a skeleton. Yeah. So this is, I guess, this is the next series that it's all just going to come out around Halloween, which. Uh, they did just announce that Lego is going to start producing Scooby Doo sets, and the first set's supposed to be yeah. coming around right around the same time that like it's weird that they just decided that the whole next wave of minifigures are just going to be like Scooby Doo friendly zombie, like you know Halloween friendly stuff, which is great. You know Halloween stuff is awesome, but it's just kind of cool that they're actually releasing a whole set of like yeah cool uh, like you know zombies and it makes sense and shit. that. It makes sense then that they were discontinuing all the Monster Hunter stuff if there's like this new wave of. I think that's exactly what happened because they really discontinued that Monster Fighter stuff like really out of the blue, like really quickly. So it it makes sense if they knew that the Scooby Doo stuff was coming in that they just suddenly decided to get that shit off the market so they're not like competing with themselves. But yeah, kind of blown. Are they coming out with the next wave of cowboy bullshit? Did they announce one? No. They're never going to. They they only did new cowboy stuff because of the Lone Ranger license. It's never mm-hmm. gonna happen again. Who or at least not kids for like cowboy years. shit? Like fucking. That's one thing that's why Toy Story is bullshit. Unless you're fucking. Unless you did grow up in the Depression era, what kid gives a shit about a cowboy toy? Is Bill's arbitrary, hateful anti-cowboy speech? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Hurt personally. And other news, Club Nintendo is dead. Wait, what happened? Club Nintendo is dead. Oh, this is a bummer. Oh, so Maxwell, do you have anything to say about Lego haunted bullshit? Uh, No, not really. Uh, We just do mostly the module things in Star Wars. It's mostly our Lego. Um, But yeah, Club Nintendo, they just killed Club Nintendo. Club Nintendo was the thing where. Uh, when you bought a game, you could register it with Club Nintendo, and you would get coins. 
uh, that if you accrued enough coins from buying enough, like, actual retail games, you could actually send away for free stuff from Nintendo, like, um, calendars and, like, little notebooks or, or like, you actually even more games that, like, they had, like, a, what was it, like, a DS collection of old Game & Watch games and, st and things like that? I have an Animal Crossing paper fan. I have a Mario-themed set of Hanafuda cards that I got from Club Nintendo. Um, but yeah, they just announced that for some, whatever reason they're 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 shutting down this whole Club Nintendo thing with some kind of new thing that they're going to replace later on this year, and people are kind of hoping that what's going to happen is Nintendo's long overdue for having like an account system that would let mm -hmm. you know like kind of like an iTunes kind of thing where like you would have an account that stretches across all the different Nintendo devices that you own that would be that would more automatically track the things you buy. And maybe you might get like discounts on future game purchases. You they would no, Nintendo would no longer send you stuff, but you would get cheaper games when you bought stuff in the future. Maybe, um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, so but Club Nintendo was a big thing. It was going on for about a decade, and they actually sent out some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the big yeah. things was I think like three or four years ago they sent out this big plastic statue of all the Mario characters, like in the uh, under like a glass dome. It was, like, really nicely yeah. sculpted and stuff. And, then, you know, like, you know, you just got it for free if you bought enough Nintendo games. There's a really cool little reward system. But, yeah, so, yeah. All your trinkets. Yeah, your trinkets. it really is just garbage. But it was cool garbage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got I got an email from them um, say about this, and they said that the stars in the, your account will expire on September thirtieth, two thousand fifteen. So you need to use them before then. Yeah, all like so, three coins you might have or something like that. Yeah. yeah. You said stars. <laughs> Do you have stars? Apparently, I in don't the UK, know. that's kind of interesting. Well, um, I wasn't even a Nintendo currency. UK has something slightly different. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's, it says stars. I don't even know if I've got coins, to be honest. I've, I've, I think I created an account when I first got one, and I'm fairly sure I've been redeeming all the codes, but I've never actually looked into it. Well, now you can, you, now you can send away for like a free and like, like plush like Mario nose or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So that's that news. Oh, Nintendo. German scientists created self-aware Super Mario AI. It has emotional states and can be commanded to be happy or sad, and will learn to stomp on Goombas without the player having to do anything. Uh, so, yeah, they, they released a video of this Mario who actually runs around and actually he'll bump into a Goomba, and that's how he finds out that, like, oh, this thing will hurt me. And then he'll teach himself, like, oh, well, maybe if I jump on top of it, that'll get rid of the Goomba. And he'll actually, once he learns this, he'll actually, a little word balloon will pop up over his head that says, oh, I can stomp on Goombas. It feels good to stomp on Goombas. But then if you, like, type in Mario, I think you're too happy, I want you to be sadder, he'll suddenly be like, oh, I suddenly feel sadder. And all this stuff. So it's kind of this weird, I mean, it's not really self-aware, like, you know, in the way that is meaningful. Yeah. But it is kind of like the Super Mario AI that, like, teaches himself that, like, maybe he needs to avoid the Goombas or attack them if he wants to survive in this environment. Which is kind of cute and funny. It, there's no practical applications, but it's just kind of funny to see. Yeah, they were. They, I saw some, some part of it as well. They were, um, like, clicking further in the level and just getting the AI to work out how to get there. Oh, really? Like, okay, go yeah. here. And it would just work out how to get there yeah. without being directed any other way. Yeah, which is funny. Yeah, because lots of games have AI, but it's kind of funny to, like, apply that kind of, like, super advanced AI, like, video game AI, to, like, you know, old sprite-based games, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Old technology. Mm -hmm. Makes you think. Makes you think. Anita Sarkeesian revealed this week that she actually spent most of her Kickstarter money on butts. 
which is horrifying. And she did take off the mask and find out, reveal that she is Tina Belcher. <laughs> it's it's no, been part uh, of her long con. Anita Sarkeesian released uh, because now Feminist Frequency is a nonprofit. She re- released a report on um, how they spent their money. Did in she have to do that as a nonprofit? Well, it's it's a disclosure thing, which makes sense. I, like, not... I would I would think you'd be pressured to do that, but I don't know if you were legally bound by American law to as part of being a nonprofit. You are, I, I have to confess, I do not know the nuances of of nonprofit laws. Annie, what? Yeah, you haven't thought about taking a, a Benton as a nonprofit organization. <laughs> I have thought about doing a Patreon occasionally just to supp- supplement that income. But, uh, no, she uh, released a breakdown of how they spent all that money. And really, to me, uh, the most surprising learning was that they only spent 3% of it on online security. You'd think that it would be, like, you know, at least 25%. So what, what, what does constitute online security? Like, they just bought, like, a $99 copy of, like, of Norton Antivirus? That's exactly what it is, I'm sure. But, no, yeah. dude, if I'm Anita Sarkeesian, I'm hiring some serious-ass experts to fucking analyze my digital life and help me lock that shit well, she down. Did spend ten, oh, she did spend almost three times as much, 10% of the Kickstarter funds, on automated gun turrets sitting outside of her <laughs> office that are motion tracking. Which, I mean, if you're going to spend online security or something, but, like, real-life security when you're in Anita Sarkeesian, that's going to be much more important. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's like fucking aliens at her office. Billy right did now. it. You made a joke that I liked. <laughs> so the mailman hates delivering her mail. It's just <laughs> uh, no. It was it was interesting um, to see it all broken down. And God bless her, that lady. You know, she was talking. She did this whole thing that was basically like, "Here's the interview," and it was like, "Wow." Wait, how uh, much money did have... she raise? Wait, Anita. Okay, Sarkeesian Kickstarter. And she was just basically talking about how, because there are a lot of people who criticize, like, oh, well, you know, there have only been, like, five videos and blah, blah, blah. And she pointed out that, like, motherfuckers, I made, like, four hours of content as opposed to oh, 12, yeah, yeah. you know, 15 minute I'm videos. I'm just kind of curious. She says she, spent, she says she spent one, I can't believe we're actually talking about this. This started off as a joke. She spent 1% on office supplies. She raised $158,000. So she spent $15,000 on office supplies? Hmm. Huh. Explain that. And you know. <laughs> it's about it's about ethics and office supplies procurals. Um, that's a lot of office supplies. Granted, you know, if you're buying printers and stuff like that, but how many pens did you have to buy for fifteen thousand dollars? They're looking Bill at really the wrong thing here. Kernel of information. Well, it's funny because she only did like I remember she posted a photo of herself. I think it was with a stack of the games that she had bought with the money from the Kickstarter, and that's one of the. That was kind of like the big thing that a lot of guys used as like, oh my god, look at all this. she's wasting all this money on these games that, which is, and it turns out that's only five percent of the money she spent was just like on a couple games and systems. Well, I'm sure five percent of one hundred fifty thousand dollars is not just. Like, I was about to say, Bill. She didn't just that's, she didn't just buy like a copy of like Monkey Ball Two, but yeah. But yeah, she spent, like, you know, salary, wages, taxes. Like, it's really great that she actually had a very specific breakdown. It's not, It wasn't just off the cuff, and she also broke down um, the money she just made in the last year uh, and uh, her projections for 2015. And one of the crazy things is um, she broke down the money that was donated to uh, uh, Tropes versus Women in Games uh, just in 2014, and 
uh, throughout uh, the first three quarters of the year, she got like a couple thousand dollars in donations. But in Q4, in the last three months of last year, she got like something like thirty-three thousand dollars in donations. Like the like ninety-five percent of all of her donations from last year just came around Christmas time. And I wonder, maybe you know what? Actually, I just realized she went on Colbert. I wonder if that's what kind of like got her a lot of those donations then. But it's all gamer Gators ironically donating. You think so? I think that's all it is. From the Portland airport. I'm trying to be so <laughs> exactly. ironic. But no, good on her. I'm mm. glad to see, like, this makes it even harder for Gamer Gators to kind of, like, like, l l justify attacking her when she's, like, being this transparent Aww. about this is the money I got, this is how I spent it, fuck you, so. Bill, you're so naive. I was gonna <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> say, I'm not saying it's gonna keep Gamer Gators from attacking her, but I'm just saying it makes their arguments even that stupider and more harder yeah, to justify but the, when she's... she's because part of their yeah, but they'll like, do the same thing you did. They'll go, "Why is there one percent on office supplies?" They'll do the same. Mm -hmm. They'll pick up. They'll pick up anything they can. They already yeah. use I'm complete saying... utter rubbish reasons to yeah. berate and abuse her. It's I not guarantee. Like they need I will just anything. say this: You're not the first adult white male living in a basement to call out her one percent on office supplies. <laughs> saying i am on the standing on the deck of an air carrier with a big banner behind that says mission accomplished <laughs> we've won the war against gamer gate it's all over we'll <laughs> oh i wish we could hey uh, guess what uh, disney supposedly rejected george lucas's story ideas for the Force awakens and came up with their own story and presumably their own story for the entire side trilogy too did you see my leaked show, uh, story notes for for the George Lucas wrote for the sequel trilogy. It's just no. a picture of dick butts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so everyone's treating this as like some kind of huge slander against George Lucas. Like, George Lucas should be so upset. George Lucas always claimed that he never really had much of a story idea for the sequel trilogy, and I'm assuming he just kind of like whipped up a couple shits. Uh, a couple shit notes, just like on a couple pieces of paper, just to like, I don't know, Luke Skywalker enters Great British Bake Off, something, something, something. <laughs> just so we could like, just so we could have something to sell Disney. So I don't think he's really like, really worried about, who oh, they didn't use my idea, I just came up with the last minute to help fluff up the, the price for what I sold Star Wars for. But it's just funny that people are really upset about this. And well, the other I thing think it's funny that yeah, people assumed that they would use, like that, that Lucas's cast iron you know, yeah. uh, premises and characters would make this transition untarnished. And like I said, I still think his ideas were pretty much, yeah, like Luke Skywalker equals happy, or like, you know, it's kind of like Han Solo, yeah, I don't know, goes to gynecologist? You know, some kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it wasn't really th fleshed out kind of stuff. And the other thing, I kind of feel bad because everyone's like, thank God, George Lucas has nothing to do with Star Wars anymore. They're not even using his ideas. And I'm like, Man, there's no guarantee that, like, whatever J.J. Abrams is coming up with is any better than what George Lucas yeah. had come up with. Like, George, yeah. like, J.J. Abrams is not necessarily the world's greatest storyteller. And so mm -hmm. it's a real crapshoot as to whether or not this is going to be any better or worse than what George Lucas had an idea for. So, yeah. Yeah, know. and I think it's... you've got to always realize that, that all, like, the first idea for a story is not necessarily what ends up being what the story is about. I mean, yeah. if you it just, just look it, at, like... It depends on how it's executed as much as anything yeah. else. Yeah. But, you know, like, Guys... the Emperor's New Groove was meant to be the Prince and the Pauper. Mm -hmm. The next it's... Star Wars movie is garbage unless it's about uh, John Boyega smooching me. So, uh, <laughs> it's going to be bad anyway. You'll get that phone call any day, Annie. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you th- oh, so you uh, like John hey. Boyega? He's he's a nice guy. He's a handsome young man. Oh yeah, okay. Well, he's I just like him because he looks like he's gonna kill your face. That's one of the reasons why I like him, too. Yeah, because he's got those Godzilla eyes. He's right up there with Godzilla and uh, Fast and the Furious. You and your Godzilla eyes, There are some buddy. people that just, they have those looks. They can never look up mean? all the way. They don't have round eyeballs. They just have those half moons. So whenever they're looking at you, they always kind of look like half-lidded eyes. They look like they're going to either have sex with you or beat you with a claw hammer. <sighs> Which is, that's kind of like that. You can see that. Bill Mudrin. Yeah, look at Michelle oh. Rodriguez. Godzilla Bill, eyes. Billy That's what Godzilla Mundrin. looks Which that, I like how that insinuates that I really want to fuck Godzilla really bad. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> I'm glad you had that moment of self-awareness now years after I just saying myself, I'm sitting on a mountaintop stripping naked like, do you want to eat me or fuck me? <laughs> <laughs> Those bedroom eyes. Oh, I guess Godzilla boy. eyes is my version of bedroom eyes, I guess. Is that how? <laughs> anyway. It's really specific, Bill. <laughs> note notes past bill in the show notes (laughs) tatiana masolini who's the lady who stars in orphan black and is fucking phenomenal supposedly tested for the lead in gareth edwards standalone star wars movie man that'd be cool supposedly well this is the one that's supposed to be the haunts i think they're it rumors change from week to week but supposedly this is the start of the han solo movie and I'd like to think maybe we're just going to do a gender-flipped Han Solo, and it's just going to be her as Han Solo. Or her as Han Solo's daughter would be baller! Like her, oh, her as, as, as Harrison Ford and, and, and oh, Carrie Fisher's baby. Well, supposedly baby. that's who the chickie in the main new Star Wars is supposed to be. Yeah. But if she's not, that would... Oh, fuck. Actually, that would be... So, the thing about that lady is that she is funny and charismatic, but normal. Like, she has yeah. this charisma... That is, like, she's appealing and charming, but she can be a jackass, and you're still intrigued by what she's doing. Which is to say, she's like fucking Harrison Ford. Hmm. I'm just saying. Uh, she'd also, yeah. I mean, assuming that, like, the new, if it is a Han Solo movie, it sounds like it'll probably be y- The Adventures of Young Han Solo. I mean, she'd make a good, like, you know, like, love interest for Han Solo. She'd be, like, kind of a Marion Ravenwood kind of thing. But yeah, I want her to be the star. I don't want this shit where it's, like, she's, like, just a love interest. I was gonna interest. say, you could not do anything less interesting to me than say, you know what would be great for her to be? A love, love interest. interest. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know who the hell you would cast to be a young Han Solo anyway. Like, fuck. John Boyega? Me, if I get to make out with her. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh-huh. again. Uh, I don't know. I, I need to watch uh, Orphan Black. I've only seen the first couple episodes. Man, people slag on the later seasons of Orphan, Orphan Black. There's only it's two seasons. Show. Huh? Are there only two seasons? There are, I think they're, yeah, I think they're doing season three. A lot of people slag on, on season two of Orphan Black. I liked it. Mm. I like Orphan Black. Does it get to the point where she's also catering the show and stuff, too? She's not just playing yes. the character, but then it's like, yeah, She's like directing. It really saves on crew costs, yeah. you know? Um, she's like doing all the so all, all the voice acting for all the background characters too which is like this really weird just tatiana maslany is that her name i whatever she she beatboxes all the music you know it's really good she's like she, she's trying to be the guy from uh police academy the, the voice she edits on her iphone pew, between shots pew, pew, it's really pew, good tatiana maslany <laughs> Hey, did you know, were you aware, were you fully cognizant of the fact that Simon Pegg is helping write the next Star Trek flick? That should be cool. That should be funny. And it also shows, like, how much they've gone down the ranks where they're actually having cast members. Like, 
can can you write can you help make this? They're talking to the set janitor. I know, seriously. <laughs> I think Chris Pine, he's gonna be writing and directing and producing and yeah, uh, yeah, fucking uh fucking Carl Urbans, he's gonna be doing the catering, but he's German, so it's all gonna be bratwurst and everyone's gonna be farting on set. It's gonna be a fucking fiasco and Is Carl Urban German or is that just a joke? With that name, how is he not German? Wait, okay, Carl Urban pretty, with a K. I'm pretty no sure he's from New Zealand. Free? <laughs> yeah, he's a New Zealander. Isn't he married to Nicole Kidman? He looks like he should well? be wearing a little pointy crowd hat. <laughs> a pointy crowd hat. <laughs> well, we got the name of this week's episode. Oh, Bill, <laughs> Billy, Billy, Billy. Uh, he was married to a woman named Natalie Wiongi. Yeah, I love that lady. She makes good lentils. Anyway. What else? Anyway, this is the part of our podcast where we come to a shuddering halt as we try to figure out the story <laughs> We're about the ethnicity Urban. of a random human being on the on the planet. Um, do you, have you guys ever watched Spaced? Yeah. 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 I, that's kind of why I thought, like, I thought, I don't know why, but I thought, because you've got, in his notes, you've got Star Trek and Star Wars written right above each other, and I thought, him writing Star Wars would actually make more sense than writing Star Trek. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, he loves Star it's Trek, like, too. I Simon Pegg yeah. should help write Star Wars. Well, let's be honest, the Star Trek movies are all just Star Wars fan fiction anyway. Well, yeah. Well, Clearly yeah, one of them was of them, basically yeah, exactly, a showreel. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what, if, man, of course, you know, if they got Edgar Wright to direct a Star Trek movie, you, know, you really, it's one of those things where anything, anyone involved with Star Trek, you'd rather have them be working on a Star Wars movie, but Edgar Wright directing yep. a Simon Pegg written Star Trek movie? I mean, such would be the world end with laser guns. Can you imagine poor Simon Pegg is sitting there in his, like, fucking apartment, like, I guess I can, I mean, I could be in Star Wars, you guys. Why oh, not? Oh, no. Any other point in his life would be really jazzed with a Simon, now he's like, put. Everyone in Hollywood's writing Star Wars except for me. I'm stuck in stupid Star Trek. Exactly. It's like, well, okay. Man, yeah. yeah, Oh, man. Star Trek is totally like the fucking. uh, It's the mice and men of of science fiction tentpole movies now. (laughs) Bill, uh, Bill's next note in the Geek Week interview is compellingly complete. Quote. American Sniper's fake baby, unquote. You guys have seen the video clips of this, right? No, I have not. Oh, you know what? (laughs) This makes for terrible radio. You guys should should right now Google American Sniper fake baby. It'll only be like a 30-second clip, and it is worth checking out. I'm going to look at, okay, American Sniper, just to see what comes up. Because it is fucking, it's bad how bad that fake baby is. There's a CNN video. Is it on YouTube? Okay. I'll send you guys the link. American Sniper fake. Yeah. That is a oh, that's really a doll. fake baby. It's no, it's totally a fucking doll. And he, he kind of makes it wiggle its arm a little bit, but you can tell he's just kind of like jiggling its arm. Are you guys watching it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't believe wow. this is a like oh major motion picture. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so supposedly... Wow, that is really not an actual baby. <laughs> no, not, not even trying to pretend. It totally looks like an outtake. 
Um, so I guess like what... that's not even like a good fake baby. That's like they well, no, stole it's not it like... from. Yeah, they didn't get like a weighted silicone baby. They got a fucking plastic baby doll. That's the thing. It's not even like, like even like a like a good fake baby will look like a like a real dead baby. <laughs> and this doesn't even look like that. It just looks like fucking baby doll. <laughs> I think we killed Annie. <laughs> he just switched it from one shoulder to the other. And it's, I just, just... <laughs> it's just fake. No, it's fucking rough, man. And I'm sure that's a really emotionally fraught moment. Well, yeah, he's movie. arguing with his wife because she's like, "You're gonna, like, this is the scene where he says, baby, I'm going back for like the 18th time to go kill some fucking Muslims. But yes, the baby was just like, you're watching it going like... <sighs> Yeah, That's they so bad. Just, if they had drain, if they had filled that baby with sand, yeah, even, exactly. Yeah. It's it's the weight more than anything else. Yeah, and it's just like the baby, and like the, yeah, he tries to make it with arm wiggle by kind of like, <laughs> it's just no. It's like Clint Eastwood, what are you doing? Oh, so anyway, wow. yes. Apologies for the terrible radio, everybody. But yeah, God bless America. America. But yeah, that is that oh, is one of your boy. major motion picture contenders for best uh best picture this year right there bill thanks for catching me up with the latest meme news yeah. i appreciate that <laughs> that is kind of like the big thing that everyone's talking about this week. a lost harry houdini film called the grim game has been found and will be aired on turner classic movies in march have you guys heard about this no, no. this is my first time i just about heard this. about this too so this is a really kind of confusing story so supposedly um, I guess Harry Houdini's estate was having a sale in 1947 of just a bunch of random junk for, from Houdini's estate. And one of the things they accidentally sold was a complete copy, uh, the only copy, existing copy, I guess, of this movie called The Grim Game. I had no idea Harry Houdini even made movies. Mm. But he stars... The Grim Game is about this movie about how... I think he's a magician who's unjustly accused of the of like the the murder of the attempted murder of his wife, so he goes to jail, but then he escapes from jail and he's trying to find the real killer. And I guess the movie ends with uh, uh, a collision of two planes slamming into each other in the middle of the air, which I guess was an accident that they just happened to film and then incorporated into the story of this movie. Oh wow! And so what happens was so yes, so they accidentally sold the one copy of this movie that exists in 1947 to a juggler who kept it all this time. The dude's 97 years old now, and he's getting old, and he was like, maybe I should talk to somebody about whether or not someone needs a copy of this movie because I've had this in my possession for, like, 80 years. And so, wow. yeah, so I guess the first people he, he called was Turner Classic Movies, which I guess if you're an old man watching cable, you're like, I guess these are going to be the people interested in that. So he sold it to Turner Classic Movies. And so wow, they're just going to wow. air it on TV sometime this spring, which I thought was kind of cute. It's probably terrible, yeah. but an old ninety-seven-year-old juggler—he gets he's getting his payday out of this shit. It's it's cool to have like forgotten things in the past come to light. Like yeah, this. exactly. That's yeah, cool. and that that also leads into our second thing too. Yes, a documentary that Alfred Hitchcock shot about concentration camps while he was a soldier in World War II has been recovered and will air in the UK later this year. Yeah, uh, people are kind of trying to make this sound like a lost Alfred Hitchcock film. And it's not that he just shot a quick like a bunch of footage when they were liberating the concentration camps just to educate people about what the atrocities of the Nazis did during mm. World War II. So it's not like you don't have like Cary Grant running from the Nazis. 
It's just he just shot some stuff low. He was a sh- so, uh, soldier that got turned into like this World War Two documentary, like little like little film strip that just yeah someone found and that's going to be showed in the. Uh, I don't know if it's on the BBC or Sky or what, but it's going to be aired in the UK sometime later on this year. So. Oh, man. So speaking of actual atrocities that now make me think about fictional atrocities, yeah. the one really good part of The Man in the High Castle is uh, there's a bit where uh, this one dude is trying to smuggle this truck of goods across the United States, and or excuse me, across America, and into the neutral zone between the Japanese-held and Nazi-held territory. Oh, I didn't think about and that. And he gets... He gets stopped by a cop who is like in his police uniform slash Nazi gear and just kind of talks to him. And it's it's kind of tense because you know that this guy is trying to avoid the cops, but he has to talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. And the the one the best part of the whole episode in that it actually did kind of smack me in the face was um, the um, snow starts falling and it's the middle of summer. And the the dude who's driving a truck is like, what? What is that? And the police officer just goes, oh, well, it's Tuesday. It's the hospital. Uh, they burn the invalids on, on Tuesdays. Oh, it's yeah. just like NBD. And it's oh, the man. ash from the hospital. And oh. I'm just sitting here at 1 o'clock in the morning watching this on my podcast, <laughs> on my TV, and I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> Oh, God. In my, in, my, in my edit, it's he goes, it's Tuesday. Edward's up at the castle making ice sculptures. And some of the camera rises up. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Edward says hand crossover there. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It, it turns was... out he was captured by the Nazis, and now he has to make ice sculptures for Hitler's dinner parties. It was it was a really effective moment, just because there was this like it was so alarming and gross, but it was all the more alarming the gross to think that like. So matter of fact. Yeah. What and not even that is that oh, this terrible thing that's on this TV show that I can't even imagine as an actual reality was is a riff on an actual thing that happened that in human happened. history with Yeah, there's a moment in Schindler's list where kids are playing and it's in the middle of summer and they're like, Why is it so it's almost the exact same thing where they're like, Why is it snowing? and then they realize it's ash and it's kind of like yeah, so Yeah. Yeah, it's only human bodies falling from the sky, little bits and pieces, snowflakes for you and I. Uh, anyway, yeah, humanity. I, need wife, <laughs> I need my wife to come home right now. Uh, and it would have been nothing better. that good orgasm can't take care of. Mm-hmm. All right, Marvel Comics is rebooting its continuity for the first time, really, with Secret <laughs> Wars. I, know, I this was surprised because I, th- I know DC does this often enough. I didn't realize this is the first time Marvel's actually done something like this. Marvel has killed parallel worlds, but their primary continuity technically is the same continuity. Yeah. That was the whole point behind the Ultimate Universe, is that the um, when the Spider-Man movie is coming out, they're like, they're going to be these new eyes on Marvel Comics, and they need a fresh in. So that's why Ultimate was a big deal, because it was an honest-to-God reboot, where it was like, the origins of these characters in the modern era, and without you know, 60 years of backstory to log everything down. But it was still a parallel universe, yeah. And, uh, but the thing is, is that, yeah, this is going to be notable, because they're finally bringing the ultimate universe to the end, because, frankly, it is no longer serving that purpose of being an accessible entryway, because yeah. now they have, like, 15 years of their own backstory logging down, and, uh, they will be mashed up with the primary Marvel universe, replacing them with a new universe called... Battle World. I cannot fucking believe this is a real thing. I was. I, I was didn't on, know that detail. It wasn't. Yeah, the fact that it's being called Battle World. 
that supposedly Marvel is positing that this is going to be the Marvel continuity for the rest of time from now on. It's just going to be Battle World is so fucking terrible. I could see what they were just saying, uh, owning up to the fact that this is going to be a limited thing. We're going to have this Battle World stunts, but we'll we'll come back to the normal continuity once and when it's done. But the fact that they're making it sound like, no, from now on, Marvel Universe will just be known as Battle World. Who wants to read a comic about anyone who lives in Battle World? <laughs> so just apparently, sounds so stupid. Apparently, Battle World is from the original Secret Wars really? storyline. What was the original Secret Wars? Bitch, I don't know. <laughs> no, here's what I know. I just googled Battle World and I found on the Marvel Wiki, Battle World is a patchwork planet constructed by the Beyonder, using pieces taken from hundreds of worlds, including Earth, formed as an arena for his secret wars. Okay, so the original Secret Wars was a 12-issue comic book crossover limited series published from May 1984 to April 1985 by Marvel Comics. Because I remember hearing about so, that growing up, but, yeah. Here's the part of our podcast where we read you Wikipedia entries. <laughs> we already did the thing of, hey, you guys that need to listen to us, watch YouTube videos. <laughs> um, yeah, so. No, it's just, it's, like, I, I, I feel, I, I've been feeling very alienated from comics lately. And granted, mainstream comics have always been, this ponderous beast has always been a, a thing they've they've had to navigate. And it's just another one of those things where I'm like, oh, buddy, this is not for me. And that's okay. That's oh okay. my god, again, just reading Wikipedia. So supposedly, so the original Secret Wars was something concocted. Uh, I guess uh, Marvel was really upset because uh, DC had, had, had deals with, like, uh, Kenner to make action figures, and they were feeling the heat from, like, Mattel and He-Man and stuff, so they wanted just to do some kind of comic book thing that would kind of, like, draw attention to themselves away from, like, you know, like, all these, like, Star Wars things and DC things and, and He-Man stuff. And so they just wanted to do some kind of, like, big stunt crossover. And I love naming the original Secret Wars. Uh, Jim Shooter says, We went through a number of ideas for names for the toy line and series. Mattel's focus group tests indicated that kids reacted positively to the words Wars and Secret. Okay. <laughs> and that's pretty much how they came down, like, Hmm, we need to name this something Secret Wars or War Secret. Let's go with Secret Wars. <laughs> But I just love the idea that kids wow. love the words wars and secret. And that's, like, built the whole foundation of this stupid, original <laughs> stupid uh, publicity thing. Um, oh, my God. Oh, Fucking wow. comic books. And I Fucking... don't know what's happening, so I don't even know. Have they explained how, like, the universe, how the um, the two universes are supposed to be combined? Or, like, what happened? I have not paid attention. Here, Here's all I know. I saw, like, one or two tweets about it, and then I followed Duchess, which is a suit maker here in Portland. Oh, yeah? And they had a link to Brian, uh, Portland comics writer Brian Michael Bendis appearing, apparently, on the Seth Meyers uh uh, late night with Seth, Nye Seth Meyers talk to talk about this event, and I'm just sitting here going, "Can you imagine being like the person watching this show? I'm like, oh, it's a comic book man, and he starts fucking talking about, well, our primary universe is mashing up with our alternate universe to create a third universe, <laughs> and this is the <laughs> thing they're doing to bring in new comics readers who don't know anything about comics. Mm -hmm. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> yeah, okay, this sounds fucking terrible. You think they would just, yeah. like, why don't they just start over everything with, like, just say, okay, new issue number one. Well, that's what they did with Ultimate. Oh, really? Why they, you do know they, what, so if they it... were smart, they should just have a movie-branded side universe 
they could just say, hey, if you love the movies, we've just started, and specifically they would label it like Marvel movie comics, where like it's based in the in the continuity of the movies. But here's this thing, so like, so you don't have to worry about like where you get started, like in normal Marvel comics. But like that would make but more sense. But they don't want. They don't want you to drink the Kool-Aid of the movies. They want you to read the comics. Yeah, but it'd still be comics. It would just explicitly state that, like, these are the comics that are filling in the gaps between the stuff that's happening in the movies. And they they could take stuff from the main Marvel universe, like, you know, like they're using for fodder for the actual movies themselves. But then, you know, I don't know. It just, that's fucking dumb. Yeah. I'm just imagining, though, then being the comics creator who has to make everything that is in line with the movies that are maybe always changing or subject to other. Yeah, you'd have to be there with, like, all the Disney people and stuff, like, planning this stuff ahead of time so we can say, okay, well, if movie A comes out this year and movie B comes out, like, nine months later, like, what's going to be the slate of comics we need to fill up so everything kind of lines up and make sure, like, yeah. And, well, that, I think we can uh, all agree that if we want quality storytelling, we need licensed movie tie-ins. <sighs> <laughs> what do you think, Maxwell? What do you, what, do you have any opinion about all this shit? Uh, I, I, I like I like some of the films, but um, I've never really been into a bunch of the comics that come off of them. Uh, most of the comics that I tend to have are either ones I found through web comics or they're sort of um, like independent ones. Yeah. So I, t- I don't have very many of the sort of like normal ones. So I, I don't know. This I've never really had. There's not been that big of a comics thing here mm-hmm. as much as there has been other That's places. Um, we have like two huge comic shops in London, but yeah, it's those have never really been had that much appeal for me and yeah. Yeah. the films the films are fine but yeah I, I don't know yeah I don't really um, can we get uh, Kate Beaton to do an Agent Carter series <laughs> <laughs> um, Bill have you watched any more of the Agent Carter show or anything they've like only that? shown the first three episodes and it's been on break for uh, the last two weeks yeah so I uh, guess yeah. I think I've been watching this it week. as well what's up I've been watching it as well what'd you think I'm I'm quite li- I'm kind of liking it so far. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of um, obviously they they can't they haven't quite quite gotten away from the fact that she's a woman working in a man's world. Yeah, it was stuff. Really yeah. Real hard on that. Which yeah. is which is like uh, you know it's kind of like I deal with this already. <laughs> so yeah. it's not, exactly. Yeah. But um, but there you know because of that there are some bits that are kind of satisfying um you know her getting around it a little bit um i'm not sure if you see saw the one shot of that was her um like this that this is all kind of sort of spun from um which was no. a similar sort oh, of the short? thing oh I yeah, no, yeah the short. I, I've heard about it but yeah i haven't seen it yeah. yeah it's 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 essentially like this is like expansion on the short um really uh in the short she's it's the same sort of thing she's working in an office and nobody wants to give her um actual missions they're like you're just here because um because you were uh, like a fling with Captain America, we're not, we we don't have any we don't have to give you any missions or something, you know. And she's just sort of in the background, um, and now she's like playing different angles and things, and, and I quite liked it. I mean, there's 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 one bit where um, one of the female characters calls another character a slut completely unnecessarily, which which is always like eh, for me, I just. I don't like that, but oh, is that the is that the lady who runs the new place where she lives at? She's she she goes to live at this like women's like, um, dormitory apartments, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and um, 
the the one woman who's trying to get her to live there, who's her friend, is just going around and saying, "Oh, that's this person. She does this kind of thing. This is this is like this is Betty. She does blah blah blah." And then she's like, "That's that's Harriet. She's a slut." And it's just just like that. It's just like okay, I feel slightly less invested suddenly. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it, it, it's still nice having her. Um, and she's just a brute. She doesn't have any like. She's not like. Um, the Black Widow or uh, anyone else. She doesn't have any like proper fighting training. She's just hitting guys she really beats, hard. Which yeah. Just, like, yeah. Suitcases every episode. She just beats the shit out of a guy. Yeah. yeah. She just brawls, nice. which I love, especially because she does it in heels and pretty dresses, and that's kind of that's kind of you know a take that they haven't really done yet, which yeah. is yeah. is nice. I like in the first episode she does have to kind of dress up like a femme fatale to kind of like get this information she needs, yeah. and she kind of does yeah. it bad. Badly. I mean, she, she's really cute when she dresses up like Femme Fatale, but she's not very good at doing the whole, like, eh, I'm going to seduce you, you know, like, yeah. It's just, she's, she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's funny because I was watching kind of that with Dylan, and Dylan, you know, she hadn't seen much of the show yet, and she didn't recognize the fact that when she's undercover, she's she's still, she, Dylan thought it was a, uh, a new character that suddenly showed up. <laughs> And so yeah, she does look quite different it. blonde. Yeah, I guess the blonde wig threw her enough. She was like, oh, oh, that's that's her. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Girl, yeah, we she weren't really paying attention blonde. to the TV too much. We were working, but it was still kind of funny. She was like, oh. Yeah. Annie, have you actually watched any, any of the show yet? No, because as appealing as she seems to me as a character, the I, all the, but I'm a woman in a man's world stuff is the least appealing. Yeah. That, that no one else has talked about a single female character in Agent Carter except Agent Carter is half the reason why I don't want to watch Agent Carter. Yeah, there's not too many other female characters, you know. Yeah, that's a big this, thing. That's Unless... like her, her roommate gets killed quite early on, oh, so spoiler. she's trying to... <laughs> It happens in the first Quite episode. early on. She's a dead woman, so that, that almost counts, right? That's like half yeah. a chick, right? No, but just, yeah, and then the, the other character is uh, just a, a waitress, but it is, like, pretty much, other than that, it's just guys. It's just guys, yeah. you know. Man, everyone so else speaking, who helps her is just guys. Uh, but one of, the, one of the guys is Jarvis, who's played by one of the guys from Master Commander, which kind of cracks me up. Oh yeah? yeah? No, but no, but the Jarvis is meant to be played by Paul Bettany. That's not Paul Bettany. <laughs> Wait, what? Jarvis, like, as in the Tony Stark's voice in his robot? Yeah, yeah. The, the voice in his, the, the, the robot Jarvis is, is based off of, yeah. Yeah, the one that is actually the voice in the robot suit is Paul Bettany. But because they couldn't get this Paul Bettany, they got Paul someone Bettany. else from Master Commander to play Jarvis. <laughs> to try and <laughs> like, sound like him. Do you Hold think that's supposed to be? Scared. I thought Paul Bettany was just the. I always thought Paul Bettany was just like the AI, and that not not necessarily that if you ever saw a flashback to the real Jarvis, it would be Paul Bettany. I just thought that like, I don't know, it was just I named yeah. in, in... I don't know. That, I mean, although in Marvel movie logic, that would totally... If they if, just if, like, they, it, if just they showed the same Jarvis guy, in one of the movies, they probably would have gotten Paul Bettany to play him, yeah. Yeah. Isn't Paul Bettany going to be in the new Avengers? Uh, they put Jarvis in a box so. with a gun on it. <laughs> it's really compelling green screen work by Paul Bettany. <laughs> Revolver taped to a box with a thumb drive with Jarvis installed on it, just shooting people. Man, so speaking of alternate universes and feminism and being tired of only one woman being in the room, I had a idle daydream this week. I can't remember what the topic was. I was talking with a friend and I was like, 
you know, it'd be more interesting to me. I was like, I was like, well, what if there were a female? Oh, I'm reading this terrible book about a female private detective that's riffing on noir tropes, but it's all that fat, like the, oh, it's so hard to be a woman in a man's world, garbage, which I'm just done with. And then I was like, you know, what'd be great an alternate history where it's exactly the same except without the patriarchy. <laughs> so it's like, I was like, man, what about a crime movie that's set like in the 20s or 30s or even 40s, and it's like fucking. Exactly no perfect except without fucking gender garbage. And it's mm. it's like half the cast is gonna be female and it's not gonna be a big deal. Or even more than half, and it's not a big deal and otherwise identical. No one mentions it, no one says anything about it, it just happens. So you're essentially talking thinking, about a Lin Bei Fong uh film uh crime noir book. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm. And just like have <laughs> it be a thing and not a fucking thing. That's one of the things I really like about Inquisition is that women are present and it's not like, oh, but you're a woman. They, they only go to that like occasionally. Well, I, like, I think this oh, is a symptom nice. of uh, writers who have been kind of like part of the, at least in movies and TVs and show, you've got writers who have always kind of written kind of like accidentally sexist stuff now trying to cop to like, okay, well maybe like. We have to we have to cater to kind of feminism somehow, so they just kind of write the same thing, but now they just kind of make the sexism even more overt. So they it kind of like pretends to be kind of like a commentary on sexism. Where yeah, it's really not it's just, just like, like it's it's fine. The sexism's totally fine because we know that it's sexist. Yeah, that's why it's, it's fine. Still, yeah, it's still not necessarily more just because you point out no. the sexism is horrible doesn't necessarily make it any more fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, I have to yeah. do that in my daily life. I don't need to do it Well, that's fun. the thing. They're not yeah. thinking about how women are going to react to this because they're still writing for guys. And technically mm. for, for things... women in that, like, well, we'll, we'll so we're, making, we're making this female friendly by saying, hey, ladies, we understand how tough it is for you, so we're going to make it tougher. You know, like, yeah, it's... Mm. One of the things that made me think about it is that fully at, during her vacation doodled gender bet gender bent inquisition and so she drew the entire cast of inquisition and all the in advisors as you know the opposite gender and i yeah. think casually of inquisition as being a pretty lady friendly thing but all of a sudden i was like look at all these broads there aren't many yeah. men here and it was yeah. one of the, and it made me realize for the first time how much i had internalized that whole thing where if only 30 percent of the room are women then you think it's 50 yeah. 50 yeah, it was yeah. like that moment, like an ice cream headache. Consciousness it's exactly the same thing. thing, actually. I was looking at all of Foley's drawings, and I was just yeah. like, "Oh, they're all girls!" All of a sudden, yes! there must be a lot of guys. In the real yes! <laughs> it's anytime you have that moment of, "Oh, right," it's kind of interesting. But I would never have had that moment so, had you not done that. Was Solus just yeah. a peanut with a bow on its head? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Miss Pac-Man, but just you know, it's Miss Pac. <laughs> I would fuck Foley's Lady Cullen, though. Damn, Lady Cullen! Shit, Lady Cullen! Woof! (laughs) Good job, Foley, is what I'm saying. I need to see what her gender-bent Josephine to be like. Uh, Her gender-bent Josephine was honestly the weakest of the lot. Oh, yeah. She admitted it herself. Because this last one she drew, and she had already done, like, 11 people, so she was kind of... Oh, yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, you're just kind of filling in the gaps at the end. You're just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, but fucking more ladies. More ladies is what I'm yeah. getting at. More ladies. And, speaking of you which. Know, speaking of which, Bill's trying to get me to read the next note. Uh, <laughs> Glad just outed The Last of Us 2, quote, with a big budget film adaptation in the works and a highly anticipated sequel planned for 2016, Ellie is primed to become the most famous LGBT character in gaming. So, yeah, no no bigger, no, no big thing, but it seems that 
Glad would is, this would suggest that Glad knows something we don't in terms of what their future plans uh, for Ellie are. Well, so. it's it's always been um, uh, Druckmann has said repeatedly that Last of Us is meant to be Ellie's origin story, and they've said repeatedly that it's a franchise and that they intended to be like their next. It's part of their the next big thing thing that it's this is just the first in a planned series but it's this is the first time we've heard a date associated to those which makes sense because it'll been what three years since the game came out by 2016 yeah yeah and it'll fill in the gaps nicely after like when uncharted comes out this year it makes sense that our next game next year would be last of us but yeah I wonder who's running the show if Druckmann and That's... Staley are working on Uncharted. Yeah, I know. Unless the mm-hmm. unless Last of Us Two is being driven by a new team, like which is possible. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we don't know how the how things work at. What would um, you want Last of Us Two starring Ellie to be about? To be honest with you, I'm just curious to see where they take that. Yeah, character I'm next. not quite I... sure what they do. Um... I don't care very much as long as I get to play as Ellie loads. Yeah, see, the thing is, is that it's not like they had any big, um, like, plot things that were leading towards or anything like that. The whole point of The Last of Us is just that it's setting up this character and how damaged she is and, uh, like, just, like, establishing who she is in this world and establishing the world around her. So they can go literally anywhere with her next. Yeah. They did, it is weird because they've already hinted that in the third game she's going to fight Bane. Which is already... I don't, I'm not interested. That's a fine joke, Bill. Could have been a lot worse. So I'm going to take it. Yeah, take, take it. it and run. I In just... other news... No, it's... I just picture her... I just picture her just beating... Like, beating the shit out of Bane in the third game. She doesn't get her back broken. She breaks Bane's back on her little 16-year-old knee. <laughs> She's just so angry, just about all this shit. Her girlfriend's dead, Joel fucked her over. Just, I'm just curious because I would presume that if the next time we see Ellie, maybe some more time has passed. I would imagine, because it'd be kind of weird if they just pick up like six months after the first game. It'd be, yeah, and, and put, hmm. So I, that's the thing. I'm like, I'm curious to see a female character change and evolve in a game. Like that's just kind of cool. Yeah. And well, and then I'm, then uh, her voice actress no longer has to be like, I'm playing a 16 year old because she plays somebody like who's actually. But then again, yeah. uh, By the time Ellie's older, she's gonna sound like Mrs. The Monarch, so they'll have to get a new <laughs> voice actress anyway. You know, it's all those shots Troy Baker made her do, which is fucking <laughs> yeah, burned out her throat. Did you see that Troy Baker I mean, has an album out? What? Yeah, I own it. <laughs> is it good? No. Aww. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not my jam. My reaction There's was one... the same, Max, when I heard about it. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, no, he's a he's a musician, and it's actually a fine album. It's not my thing, but there is actually one instrumental piece in it called uh, Intermission that I really do like. Really do like. Mm-hmm. So, But otherwise, yeah. it's I mean... just not my thing. Yeah, I, I'm quite interested to see what the, where they go with Ellie because obviously she's immune in a world yeah. full of people who are not. Yeah, and that's you know because that's not going to change. Yeah. So uh, you know how how much how is she going to end up becoming some kind of like leader character because she can go places other people can't because she's not it's not a threat to her. Well, God you forbid know, more people find out that she's immune, so that's natural justification for people coming after her for any kind of various reasons and 
See, I would think maybe she would become even more of a loner or something, like being forced hmm. to come out like of that. Like the Incredible Hulk? Or... Like the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, exactly yeah. like the Incredible Hulk. Because well, the Incredible Hulk's a loner because he has a power that no one else has. Hitchhiking. No, I'm not. I, the finish. funny thing is, when I first said that, that wasn't actually okay. him, but then I just realized how stupid that sounds when I say. <laughs> is she really? Is she really just looking for a working arcade cabinet? That's really her ultimate quest. Actually, whatever. Hey, if they really turn hey, Ellie everybody. into a franchise, that last game needs to end with her finally plugging in a working. What's yeah. the What's the fighting game series? Uh, what is I it, can't Angel? remember. I think the car- Angel Knives or something. Yeah, Angel, Angel knives. knives. It's her, like, That's it. she's like 98 years old. She's talking to Captain America. And she's like, please plug in that ca- that Angel Knives cabinet I finally just found. I want my dying last thing is like, yeah. Did you know, friends, that DreamWorks Animation has had a rough week? They just fired 500 people, a quarter of its 2,000-person workforce. They're cutting out to, uh, they're cutting back to two features a year rather than three, and the budgets for those two films are being slashed. Yeah, it sounds like they may be moving a lot of their animation overseas, too, so... Yeah, which has been the trend in, in, in animation over the last few years, so that's not too surprising, I but it's sad. I do that, like... What was it? Jeffrey Katzenberg is still in charge of DreamWorks Animation, and he's just like, he's he was blaming like specifically the success of the Mr. Peabody and Sherman movie on the fact that it's too it was too clever for its audience, mm-hmm. which it's a remake of a fifty year old cartoon that no one knows about anymore, and he's kind of blaming the fact that it's too smart for people rather than the fact they made a fucking like two hundred million dollar animated film off of a cartoon no one's ever heard of before and is like wildly outdated. And just like, yeah. what are you guys fucking doing? You guys don't even understand the basic reasons why this shit's not working. It was so. like they were talking about the failure of Turbo, which was the movie about the snail oh, that gosh, like did yeah. race car driving. Yeah. Ew. It's just like, so it's like, yeah. You guys are making, I mean, it's it's the obvious joke, but they're just making fucking terrible movies. And they don't seem to understand, like, maybe like make less shitty movies. Well, and I saw one of the things to so like... Their things is like we should be doing more stuff like the Lego Movie because they were just assuming that the only reason people like the Lego Movie is because it's based off of Lego and that's popular right now. Without you guys don't, but the Lego Movie was good. The the yeah, it's what was really surprising to me was that they taught tra- they talked about when the How to Train Your Dragon movie came out. Uh, they were talking about how it didn't perform well enough and it did pretty good. And I'm like, what the fuck expectations did y'all have? That uh, that that was like not acceptable. So, yeah. but our hearts go out to uh, animation, uh, the folks yeah. who were affected. So, uh, in other news of people being affected by other people's dumb decisions, King Tut's mask done got fucked up. Notes Bill, a worker in the Cairo Museum where the mask is displayed, accidentally knocked off the beard while adjusting the lighting inside the display case, and then someone else just tried to fucking super glue the thing back on. Luckily, this was the, the they're using the, the the security camera footage for this for the opening scene for the next uh, Night at the Museum movie. <laughs> like the fact that like you had a fucking random worker knock the thing off and they s- try to super glue it back on that sounds yeah, like some like fucking keystone cops garbage right yeah. there you know? yeah apparently the um the thing that they've reattached it with is irreversibly stuck now you can't oh, take it no. off it's like it's epoxy yeah they it's said it was like a centimeter thick now. layer of super glue too like it's not just like a yeah. little bit like it's oh. they, they they fucked up that mask 
Yeah. And it's, I liked, I, the, the reason why I learned about this was because, uh, I think from the podcast, Mike Russell retweeted someone who was sourcing an anonymous person, and the reason why, they're like, uh, a person who would agreed to speak on the condition of anonymity because who the fuck wants to be associated with this garbage? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, what the person, What the anonymous person have to say about this? Well, no, they were just saying that it's an epoxy that is not intended for this reusage, and the point was just that they didn't want to be affiliated with this. Yeah, I can't imagine why, yeah, so. But yeah, poor King Tut. Poor King Tut. That's a cool mask, too! I know! I know, they're funny, he's got cool beard. I mean, granted, the beards are supposed (laughs) to be removable in real life, but not, like, on the mask, but I don't know. I can't let people have anything nice. Speaking of irreversible tragedies, SkyMall has filed for bankruptcy. Annie, read the rest. It has a great. It had a great theme song though. <laughs> what Bill, is Sky what Mall? was the SkyMall theme song? It was the Adele song. Oh, when the sky falls. Is that your joke? SkyMall. <laughs> what? What was? How did SkyMall go? Skyfall. <laughs> Man, I when can't it crumbles, they, I think is they, the next line. Skymall killed off Judy Dench. I did not see that coming. No, Skymall is one of those things that I don't know how it maintained its existence to begin with. Well, that was kind of part of its charm is that like it never should have existed anyway. Like in the age yeah. of the internet, how was this catalog for like three hundred dollar Snoopy rugs or? robot dogs that barf up their own dog food for living dogs that you might may or may not own like oh how man, this, i just realized what this stuff? was i'd never come across this until the plane back from portland oh really yeah oh, no yes. this has been an, an american institution for at least I, i've only seen it in the last like decade or so but i maybe it's been around longer but it's always been a it's a punchline a beautiful and precious thing and we what now if i forget to bring something to read on the plane what will i look at yeah the last time <laughs> i was flying they uh, one of the things they were selling were uh signed prints of screenshots from mike tyson's punch out signed by mike tyson which is you gotta admit it pretty amazing yeah, I, that's, one of, that's one of the things in there i was like that's cool but i was like oh man 750 bucks i could buy two iron giants for that or four <laughs> kids. in other travel news disneyland is swarming with measles uh build out this is the perfect time to go to disneyland yeah if you're inoculated this is it i wish i'd known about the six months ago i would have started making plans <laughs> yeah, because of the anti-vaccination garbage, there are all these non-vaccinated people going to Disneyland and getting fucking meals. Well, specifically because it's parents with their kids that they refuse to inoculate, so it's like the perfect like fucking concentration yeah. of idiocy and like kids and like where all the kids go. That especially if you're rich enough to be that stupid about measles, you probably have enough money to go to Disneyland in the middle of the winter. So it totally yeah, makes sense yeah. that the Disneyland would be the first, like, outbreak zone for fucking measles, even though this is a disease that should have been eradicated a decade ago. But, yeah. yeah. Fucking people. I think I the most unfortunate this. thing is that? because that there are, uh, if you're under 12 months old, you cannot be vaccinated. So yeah. they rely on herd immunity and they've yeah. been, they've, like, you know, if you brought your tiny baby to Disneyland, that's it. That's it. You know? Yep. Because they can't, and they rely on herd immunity, and people have, like, uh, it's just, nah. Yeah. No, just, I, ha- I have feelings about vaccinating. <laughs> as well you should. It's one of those things where I'm like, why are we having this argument? It's, honestly, yeah. it's kind of 
like gay marriage to some extent. I'm like, really? Or, or like fucking like equal pay for women or like yeah. goddamn like racial equality. It's like, why are we still having these conversations? Did you see yeah. that shit at the State of the Union where like all the Republicans sat down when like the, they made the big thing about like equal pay for women and like half the audience applauded, but all the Republicans went out of their way to like not make, move a muscle? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, Hollywood screenwriters are already when, when this when that State of the Union address gets a, like shows up like in a movie or TV show they're already going to make it like even more heightened so women understand that how <laughs> fucked up that is as if that's they didn't good. already. That's yeah. good because yeah, because women need mansplaining. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, ladies, <laughs> I'm going to tell you how we feel for you. So we're going to make it a supervillain who makes this speech and no mm. one stands up. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And lastly, as I mentioned earlier, Grim Goddamn Fango Remastered comes out this week. Grim Fango? <laughs> that sounds like a billism. <laughs> Fango and Shane. Shut up, Bill. <laughs> no, but Grim Fango! Within like 36 hours, you able to pay, officially pay for a copy of Grim Fandango, download it to your fucking PlayStation 4. And do Manic Calavera stuff. One of my favorite things about uh, the PlayStation is that when you pre-order something, they have a ticking clock da- or countdown clock. Oh, really? So I could go on my PlayStation and tell you exactly how Aww. many hours, minutes, and seconds remain between me and playing Grim Fandango. I, it's, yeah, it's like you my... can play this in Aww. Exactly. this many hours. <laughs> yeah. Friends, I'm going to speak to you now, Boy Howdy Nation. It is me, Annie from the past, playing Grim Fandango for the first time, speaking to you, people playing Grim Fandango for the present for the first time. Fucking use a walkthrough. Really? We don't need another <laughs> hero. Use a fucking walkthrough. There's some un- arcane ass puzzles in there. If you get stuck, goddamn, use a walkthrough. Uh, they <laughs> t- they're not changing any of the content of the game, right? So it's going to be the same arcane puzzles and everything, right? I presume. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like Monkey Island, where they'll have an in-game hint system or yeah, something like that. Really they did that. Yeah, so I, I'm just saying, uh, I would recommend to y'all the same thing that I used back in the day. I'm trying to remember, what was the name of the hint guides where you could, you could release, like, there'd be, like, seven tiers of hints, like, ranging from really vague to super not Was this vague. online? Yeah, they were called, you could download them at the time, they were called, like, U-Hint guides or something like that. Huh. It's, it was something where you could get, like, a, a kernel of a clue without having it actually spoiled for you. That shit has to still exist. Fucking use it. We don't need another hero. I'm serious, guys. Just fucking <laughs> play Grimfandango, enjoy it, but do not bash your head in over the puzzles. Uh, Max, have you played it before? I have not played it before, actually. Um, I knew people who had it, and only on the basis of I've seen the box art before. Yeah, is that that's that's all, all my experiences of it. Um, I watched a trailer for it. Somebody linked the other day. Uh, it's probably one of you guys. But um, other than that, I know nothing about it. So yeah, I'm I've never even seen the trailer. So it. this is going to be completely new to me. And actually, right when we're done recording this week's episode, I'm probably going to fire up the PlayStation Four and and, and and pre-order because I haven't done that yet. The trailer is actually really cute because it's made to look like an old movie trailer of like in of the time. Yeah, like nineteen eighty seven or whatever ninety eight. No, 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 no. Like it's like an old like forties movie oh, trailer. Okay, okay, it's like, yeah. In stunning three D, you know, like oh, okay, yeah. garbage. <laughs> super good. Oh, oh that's man, super man, Fandango, I can't wait for you guys to play that game and finish it and sit back and go. 
That's it. <laughs> It's really slint, like, is it not long or substantial? No, I just, no, it's one of those things where... it's over, it's over, isn't it? Oh, okay. I I don't, yeah, I I think it's one of those things that was, I really love it, and I'm really looking forward to replaying it, but it's so, I I don't know, I'll be curious to see what y'all think of it, I'll just say that. Does it end with, uh, with like, a thing like a lot of games end these days, where you can kill all your friends or send them all to college? That's exactly it. Yes, like everyone at the end of your fandango, though they're dead, they go to the college of the dead to get their post mortem education. Yeah. Grim fandango. I'll be. I'll, it'll be great just to play this so I can understand what the hell Conley said is it ta- means when she's like freaking out about this game. I, it, it's so Grim fandango. Did it not do that well when it first came out? Because I I always hear people it talk about not. it, but I don't know anyone who's played it except for like you and Conley. It, it did, well, I mean, to be fair, the adventure game not, genre has always been niche. Yeah. It was niche then, it's niche now. But even now. for that, like, I know plenty of people who played, like, Leisure Suit Larry or even the Indiana Jones games. That's, see, those aren't, like, those are also from a different era. I know, I like, know, at I know. that point, you know, it's But like, I know lots of people who played Monkey Island who have never played uh, Grim Fandango. Again, it was a different era. Like, it was a different time. So, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's, it's... It was so different, and I love that world, and it's just so refreshing that it meant the world to me. And there was nothing like it at the time, and there's been nothing like it since. So, mm-hmm. love it. It's like Full Throttle. I replayed Full Throttle with Foley, and that game is so important to me. And playing it now, that game is very slight. But it was so important to me because I'd never experienced anything like that before. They've not said anything about and whether so. or not they might do more remasters like Full Throttle or anything, depending on the success of this this remaster, huh? Well, they did. They did say that they're doing Day of the Tentacle. So oh, that's right. Okay, that, okay, yeah. That only really leaves Full Throttle, and then it'll be all of Tim Schafer's oeuvre. Really, just that? Uh, full, so it's Full Throttle, Grim Fandango, Monkey Island, and Day of the Tentacle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. Okay, because it's funny because he's known such. Wow. Okay, I thought he. Well, granted, he, that he was only making those games for so many years. Like that was like what, like five yeah. years. Yeah, so yeah. it makes sense. That, like, it's not like he put out like a dozen fucking adventure games, but okay. Yeah, that, and then he spent okay. like four years on Psychonauts and five years on Brutal Legends, so that'll do wow. it. Yeah, and six years on fucking Broken Age. What the hell it's still yeah, it's called? Yeah, eighteen years, Bill. That's how long you've been waiting for the next part to come out. I did it's say that he just really announced this week too. Or, he didn't announce, but somebody else at Double Fine tweeted like Tim Schafer has just written the last piece of dialogue for Broken Age. So I guess they were just doing ADR stuff and they needed like a quick last minute little extra line for something like that. So I guess his responsibility for the game in terms of like writing Broken Age is done now. So but yeah, they're still neck deep in production. But yeah, oh, Grim Fandango. I know nothing about it. I know it's Manny Calavera. He's sexy and he's a skeleton and people love the game and that's it. <laughs> I really hope you guys have a good time with it. It's one. Of, it really is a game that means a lot to me and I hope y'all don't hate it. <laughs> of us on next week's podcast so we can do a review like what did we think oh, yeah we'll have totally completed it in a week no maxwell because i need you on here because if i come back and it's only me talking about grim fandango annie's gonna fucking kill herself i don't know if i want to hear what you have that's to say what i'm about saying and at least if yeah. maxwell's on here she can talk about it and it'll be a nice conversation that you can tolerate whereas if i come back and i'm like why is the x button not the z button you know what? Worst. I'm just gonna let Conley post next week with you. I'm not even gonna be here, and I'm gonna let her beat the shit out of you for not liking our game exactly the <laughs> Actually, way we you know want you to what? like it. Seriously, if you and Conley just wanted to do a Grim Fandango special next week, I would gladly jump out to see so if you guys just want to do like a love in. That would be actually kind of cool. 
that would be kind of good. Yeah. Well, friends, with that, this was the Boy Heidi Podcast. Thank you so much, our friend Max, for making <laughs> taking the time to uh, uh, talk to us from the distant land of Ing. <laughs> Much appreciated. Well, yeah, it's been, it's been that sounds much creepier now. The land of Ing. We are, as always, boyhattypodcast.com, at boyhattypodcast on Twitter, howdy at boyhattypodcast.com. You can send us a line. Uh, bye, Grim Fandango. Now, enjoy it or else. Uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys in the other world. Bye.